Now broadcasting from the Next Gen Conservative Studio in sunny South Florida. Bringing you the latest in politics, current events, and pop culture. This is the Whitfield Report with Sam Whitfield. All righty. Uh, welcome to the welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I hope everyone is doing well tonight. Um, we have. I don't know. I think we have. A, I think we might have a surprised guest. Uh, oh, tonight hello on the on the show. Very good to be on the show. I am Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> now people are always saying Vivek. There's lizard people controlling the world. <laughs> now you or I might say that's a little odd. That's a little odd of a thing to say. But what is the underlying wisdom there? What is the intuition at play? You know, people are upset and they feel like their leaders are cold, calculated, and they feel like they probably could eat people. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to be partisan. And that's why I'm running for president. Because we need leadership in this country that don't feel like a bunch of reptilian pedophile shapeshifters luring children into caves in the mountains. Right, right. Right. Well, like, like even if they're, this is true, even if they're not, it feels like they are you know what i'm saying one you can't blame one for intuiting that our leaders could be a bunch of reptilian shapeshifters drinking human blood in secret government bases right okay no yeah that that's i mean that's how a lot of people have been feeling for several years now more and more all the time as and like as like a guy that doesn't feel like it's necessarily that bad I try and tell them it's not that bad, but it feels that way. <laughs> I got to admit, as a guy that's like, it's not that bad, but feels like it's that bad. No, nah, but well, I mean, to, to be real, like Vivek really is our guy. Yeah, um, he's great. You know, Max and I, we both, I think, well, I don't want to speak for Max, but I think that him and I come from a different or the same path, which is basically like libertarianism to conservatism via trumpism yeah right well and, you know the way i've uh, i see i like i like vivek too it evidently evidently trump does as well the thing with the thing with vivek that i like is that vivek is actually a lot like trump but without the i guess rough edges the, he, interestingly yeah. enough vivek Vivek is what I initially thought DeSantis was until Max pointed out some things that Ryan are on, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that's that's not good. So you're, you're um, so right. Uh, it, it comes down to, I mean, you say that he doesn't have rough edges. I think that both Trump and Vivek have one thing in common, which is that like they're willing to go into the lion's den. They're mm -hmm. willing to go into places that are not comfortable and come out alive. And they yeah. do so in different ways. They have right. different styles. Yeah. Now, Vivek's style is to just use his superior intellect to take their hit 
their hits against him and just like manipulate it and hit them back with something else. Yeah. Um, did you see him on the uh, Don Lemon video? I mean, he's part of the reason why Don Lemon got fired. I, uh, yeah, I did. Well, I I watched him on I watched him on the last episode of the All In podcast where he was like. I think I'm the only one here who watches that podcast, but uh, he like Probably. in 90 minutes, he completely like outlined his platform very like succinctly, but also didn't really, um, you know, and like they weren't trying to like throw gotcha questions, right. but like he, he basically said like, he basically from what I could tell pretty much, reiterate of like a lot of trump's like agenda points but in his own like manner of speaking yeah. um mm -hmm. well but you know. i'll I, I could say this i i've kept quiet up till now because like um i got an interesting perspective being as i kind of know him i've met him on many occasions at libertarian functions and conservative functions over the years I wouldn't yeah. say we're I wouldn't say we're best friends, but we've talked and he's uh, given speeches that I've really enjoyed. Sure. Um, in 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 situations that could be you know seen as yeah standing up. Uh, for example, uh, uh, the free speech uh, event I believe it was that he spoke at that they were like yelling Nazis, and it's like you got this like, <laughs> you know, you got this idiot guy who who's the fucking keynote speaker which wasn't him but he was he was there at that event he he was there at uh, a couple other like libertarian um fundraisers and things and, and functions and so i've gotten to kind of know the guy and all i can say is he's really genuine like what he's saying now he hasn't really changed much well and and, and, and he's always nice to everybody that's the thing you guys mm -hmm. kind of hit on he's he's just perpetually nice and uh I've never seen anybody say otherwise, like as far as just a person, he's a good dude. As far as if I had him on the show, I would ask him if he has read David Heights uh, work, which I would I would estimate he probably has um, being such like a research driven guy. It seems at least yeah. uh, from the outside, because when he is giving speeches or talking publicly, he seems to purposely hit upon moral foundations that lots of people have. But he avoids one in particular, which would be disloyalty, which yeah. is very high among conservatives. And the way he does that, the way he's able to run against Trump, but say good things about him, file lawsuits with the DOJ for injustice, which strategically makes sense. Look, if you're a candidate, a Republican candidate, uh, they're going to do the same thing that uh they did to trump if you're ever a threat to their power right yep. which vivek would at least and, and, feel that he is and here's, he's here's the real thing it's like he's just a dude his campaign staff has been built up over the course of this campaign he's running this is why i don't have a problem with him running against trump knowing the guy is he's mm -hmm. one of the few guys i ever vibed with at most of these libertarian things because we were more on the trump tip from the beginning i came yeah the, the exact opposite of Shmuley, just because I'm older. I came in from the Reform Party movement, which at the time, when I was graduating high school, seemed like it had more potential and was more in line with my shit. And yes, Trump was a big part of that. But it fell apart when Trump left. 
And so I found myself like if you wanted into like outside of red or blue, you want you went with libertarian. So and he's kind of that, too. That's why he was there, because he's more of a traditional libertarian leaning or, or libertarian conservative, like a like a minarchist. And he's always been brave like this. And he's running for president because he believes in what he's saying, not against anybody. He's running for president. He's one of those guys. And if Trump, if it wasn't the Trump 2024, I would support him all the way. He's the only other candidate right now. I would. He's he's the only candidate, at least that I've heard. He he actually made a point of this on the All In podcast when I listened to him. But again, was, I had to say that I'm biased when I say that. Yeah. To be fair. Well, he well he well to be fair though, Max, he he. He is the only candidate I've heard so far that basically has said from the outset that all these charges against Trump are politically motivated and that yeah. they're bullshit and that he would and that but he would pardon the exact Trump. the exact thing I criticized DeSantis for, right? Not coming yeah. when they indicted him before. I was like, why where's his statement at all? He didn't say anything. Where's Ron DeSantis on The Breakfast Club? Yeah. Well, Where's Ron DeSantis on CNN getting Don Lemon fired? Where's Ron DeSantis like out there on the David Pakman show? Bro. And David's coming at him with these gotcha questions and trying to start beef with him and other candidates. And he's able to, in real time, flip it back on him and make David Pakman go on the defensive. Where is it? I don't see it. Yeah. The, well, I, I, I wanna I wanna go back a second and highlight the Breakfast Club is dangerous territory for a conservative candidate of any kind, let alone that okay, maybe he had a better skin color for their preference, right? But other than that, like that's brave for a Republican candidate for office to go on the Breakfast Club at all. Because you they that's insinuated that he would say the N-word in private. Yeah. They like they they went hard after him. He's not scared of that. He's not scared to go into no. the uncomfortable part, and that's the part that you can admire as as a man. Yeah. Well, I I do want to point out too, though, in regards to the, to the Breakfast Club, the Breakfast Club, to their credit, at least had Rush Limbaugh on. Uh, like no, they about, will. Like, they, they'll have a conservative on, but you got to have balls of steel. Oh uh, yeah, Shmuley's right. You're not going to see Ron DeSantis do that. It's never going to happen. Never. Yeah. Well, you, well, Shmuley is asking where is where is DeSantis on all these podcasts? My bigger, the bigger question is where's Ron DeSantis? Period. Not no, Florida. Not yeah. Not here. Not not at the governor's mansion. Uh, you know, Lieutenant Governor Janet Nunez is doing a heck of a job right right now. Well, uh, and, I'm, and I'm sick of the DeSantisites when he's running around running this campaign. These are people he hired. They're just grifting off of him. They're just yep. trying to, to maximize the most amount of money. They're borderline, if not overtly, breaking campaign finance laws by moving a state um fundraising from a state campaign to a federal campaign and, and, and we can't look past fi hiring a fucking griper who then retweets a nazi meme with nesantis's face on it that's the dumbest thing in, i've ever heard in campaign history and if this was if this was any other year in any other primary 
that would be enough to drop out. Now, I don't want to diminish his legacy in Florida with some of the th- stuff that he's done. However, I criticize right. his anti-free speech bill, and it is important to note that when comparing yeah. the legacies of Donald Trump as president and Ron DeSantis as governor, you need to consider that the state legislator was overwhelmingly conservative the entire time that Ron DeSantis was governor, Yeah, whereas Donald Trump only had a majority for a very short po- period of his presidency. And they were also... Both- and they were entirely focused on the health care bill that they never fucking manifested, by the way. Now, when they tried to roadblock him on the border wall, what did Donald Trump do? He sued. Right. How many examples do we he, have? He, he went through every legal process, and sometimes it was like, hey, here's a thing from 1862 that we could do. Yeah. Like, he tried... That's the thing is he tried as much as a person being obstructed could. And yeah, he did pick bad people. And that's why I think Trump's revenge is going to be pure of him. And and I don't think it's going to be tainted. And yeah, I think Ramaswamy makes a very fine uh, consideration for a VP candidate. And I think the debate, he's probably going to mop the floor with them. Yeah, I also, I also want to say... Speaking of, speaking of, if they uh, give him, if they give him proper time, he'll mop the floor with them. Speaking of VP and whatnot, I do want to say uh, a big fuck you to Mike Pence. Uh, you know, long time, long time coming, but still, okay. So people have, so people are asking, Sam, are that's, you going to talk? Hey, about- that that's not his concern. Are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, good one. Let Mike, Uh, let them eat cake pence over here. Well, okay, so, so, uh, you know, people were like, Sam, are you going to talk about the indictment, uh, on the show? I asked these two before we went live, and the thing is, do, do we really need, do we really need to talk about this indictment? It's, yeah, I, I think, I think we should, like, I don't think Ray Ray did it. And I think it's ridiculous that they're accusing him of doing it. Yup. Right, it's an, right. Free Ray indi- Ray. Uh, Hashtag <laughs> free Ray Ray. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This indictment is ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, he sold drugs in the past. You know, but like, that doesn't mean that he sold drugs this time. Look, I know they found the cocaine in his house, right? But that don't mean it was his cocaine. Yeah. Uh, are they charging joe biden for cocaine at his house no 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 they found (laughs) a serious yo they found cocaine at joe biden's house and nobody got arrested what the fuck is going on america yeah they they, did they arrest mitch mcconnell when they they found cocaine on his boat if law enforcement officials found cocaine at your house you would go to jail i'm just saying i'm just saying uh, oh yeah well no what what's what's not i mean like, they also like law enforcement if let's 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 imagine it's just a guy and he's not the president at his house his name's joe biden they found a big old bag of cocaine and nobody got arrested at all and they're like we don't know who could possibly have put this cocaine there it must be nobody 
<laughs> well, well, you know what I think it probably was actually though. I think it was probably actually one of the fucking officers there, which makes them inc- whoever it is. It makes the Secret Service look like fools. That they, they have cameras everywhere. They know who goes in and out. You have to sign in. You take your ID. All this shit. They know. There's a short list of people who could have left that bag of cocaine at the White House. Well, and Max, to, to that's be like fair, what I mean by the degradation of our fucking institutions. Like the Secret Service is so incompetent, you could just like do blow on Joe Biden's desk, and nobody fucking knows who did it. To to be fair, Max, the Secret Service has had to expend like an exorbitant amount of resources just keeping track of joe biden so that he doesn't uh you know like fall down a flight of stairs again or something well he he likes falling up (laughs) they had to give him the short staircase i don't know if you saw that (laughs) yeah joe biden falls uh, joe biden at this point falls more than morpheus and i combined um no i about the indictment i said this was coming from the beginning right i said that they are trying to make a connection and get those convictions on proud boys and oath keepers and things like that where they they got them on sedition charges and they found a jury willing to convict and that builds a case towards insurrection and then trump is directly involved so we're going to charge him this was the big this was the end game all along but the, an indictment doesn't mean anything. He's been indicted all these times. Yeah, sure. But the old saying goes, and it's true, you could indict a ham sandwich. They have. They've actually indicted ham sandwiches before. Because that's, like, an indictment is a grand jury looks at the evidence, and they're like, "Are there, is there probable cause to take this to the next level? And if the answer is yes, then it can go to the next level and then they try and pressure you into taking a deal but trump's not going to take any deal he already said he'll run from a prison cell the thing it is uh steve turley actually actually brought this up he's a he's like a conservative youtuber commentator guy i mean this the senate already looked into this and basically said that trump didn't right you know so that right that right there and I mean, I I did look at the. But they're indi- shooting at the wall to see if they can get one charge out of all fucking whatever eighty to stick. It's funny how they all come out the same time in the year he's running for president. Oh, it's not a witch hunt. Give me a fucking break, dude. Now everybody can everybody can see what's going on. It's yeah. a, it's a matter of the they they see what's going on too. They know that this is a witch hunt. They're just okay with it because they hate Trump. Now here, constitution now- be damned. Law and now, order be damned. Orange man is bad. Now here's here's where I do get a bit miffed with the Republicans, and maybe this is just me, but I so I saw on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it now uh, under trend. I saw a lot of corrupt trending again on Twitter under Republicans, and I just have to say like. Come on, guys. Like, honestly, if, if the here's what here's what irritates me. If the Republicans had any stones and had spent like one fourth of the energy trying to indict um Hillary, 
that that the Dems ha have spent trying to indict Trump, Hillary would probably actually be in jail. She she could have been fucking hung summarily yeah. if they really wanted to, but they didn't, and that's fine. I don't even care about that. That's the thing. But the, but the other side's going to do malicious prosecution. They've always done that. If you think Nixon was a yeah. bad guy, then you haven't heard the whole story. You know what I'm saying? This is this is not new for the Democratic Party. They've always been the party of fucking. Oh well, the law doesn't favor us in election time. Well, we need to change that. Yeah, um, they used to do it with robes on and burning crosses on people's lawn. The law doesn't favor us because black people vote the other way because they freed the slaves. Oh well, yeah. we gotta intimidate them out of voting. It's always been this way with the Democrats. They've always been dirty. Yep, and they're Absolutely. always gonna be dirty. Yeah, but they I promised mean, poor people the world, and that's how that's been their ticket ever since. LBJ had a famous quote that I won't say here on Rumble, but uh, I mean, I I mean, I I'll say it. In fifty years, I'll have all those uh, N words voting democrat yeah except he didn't say n-words he used a hard r well yeah yeah he used the he used the hard r because that's um, what he thinks of you if you're black a vote you're a vote because they're gonna promise you free shit well and and joe joe biden this wasn't as extreme but it's still and that's it's, why it's still it, bad but he but he did say if you vote for if you vote for uh romney right this was back in 2012 if you like mitt romney wants to put y'all back in chains or something like like that right now i don't like mitt, uh, mitt romney was the worst choice that we could right have had. but this kind of brings up a thing i really wanted to talk about because we only got to the first part last week was the ice cube interview where he's talking oh, about yeah. exactly this you know he talked about obama it was the same as everybody else. Like he was happy that a black guy won. It, it, it was like a symbolic victory, but then nothing changed. No, it, because the and, Democrats in the, in these inner city areas don't care. They really don't. They're, they're no, it's all for fucking show. It act. Well, and to be, uh, well, I was talking to one of my black friends I went to college with, and he actually said that like within the last 10 years, he feels like, race relations have gotten worse because that's all we talk about now which is exactly America, what ice cube is, said in the second interview race yeah like the last thing the last question tucker asks is he's like we've been talking basically all day and you haven't mentioned race once you've talked about economic status poor rich the you know the wealthy the haves and the have nots but you haven't brought up race at all and Ice Cube was like, I actually don't think it's that important to the conversation. <laughs> He's like, well, they yeah. do it too much. It, well, everybody's yeah, because, sick of it. Well, yeah, because the the economic the economic disparity amongst people is far. Yeah, middle middle class blacks is you know have a whole different experience in life, especially if they're raised that way. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, cause I live around a lot of them, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, no. So listen, I, I live in, 
Isle of, Isle of himself, Florida, which, you know, the Dems like to make jokes that Florida is the South, so therefore it's racist. But listen, I, you know, there are lots of, there are lots of middle class black people. They don't give a second, they don't give a second thought about race. Well, uh, and here, here's the thing, like the, the affirmative action thing. If you, if you were a spunky kind of underdog that you know, maybe you weren't getting it, you could get into a college with worse grades than the white kid. Right. And sure. if you, if you have drive, you could take advantage of that. And that's actually a lot of the middle-class black people I've worked with professionally over the years. You know what I'm saying? Because if you work in the tech field, you work with a lot of yeah. them. And yeah, they did get their opportunity from fucking affirmative action in the first place. They'll, a lot of them will even tell you that. They know. They're like, I'm the fucking diversity. That Back in the day, there was less diversity hires. So they would fucking say it, but they'd take Like, you got to respect the hustle, at least. They didn't waste the opportunity. Yeah. And yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't complain. They didn't complain about, you know, the opportunity yeah. either. Um, right. Because the opportunity yeah, well, doesn't come just because you're white. I know that's like the narrative, but like, but I but, I never got opportunity. I had to take everything I ever fucking earned. But no, my my black friend actually said something pr that was pretty funny, and so he said, "Well, now white pe Biden is such a shitty president that now middle class white people know what it's like to be black black and poor in a ghetto because." uh you know the, the ghetto america because the price of the price of shit is too damn high and so. again to go back to like the say see like ice cube to me has been somebody i've been listening to his music for so long i like i naturally quote him anyway that's why it's so like you know when you're like somebody and then they turn out to be a really leftist douche this is the opposite feeling i was yeah. like nah no, I, I stand by everything he said in that Tucker interview, actually, uh, politically well, or otherwise. He didn't say it, anything I found controversial at all. And it actually, like, his Darn. position, uh, like... And consider this an invitation to my gangster nation was the punchline. Because now we're living it. Westside yeah. Connection. <laughs> well, and it... Been a game. Bing, bing, bang. Well, and it actually made me think about something, which is conservatives have. This is what Shmuley was kind of saying before the show, the show about how dumb conservatives uh, can be, because like the song "Fuck the Police" isn't necessarily like about fuck the police per se. It's more about the system. Well, yeah, and, they're not saying literally have sex with the police. And sometimes and whatnot depend depends on what the officer is wearing, you know. That was actually the first draft. It was, uh, but it didn't rhyme as well with anything. Yeah. Have sex with the police wasn't a very good uh, rap. Song. No. Well, if you're if you're looking for yeah. wisdom in Ice Cube, I would always go to uh, Pimp West Side Connections classic Pimp the System because everything oh, yeah. in that is true. That shit fuck, is yeah. true as fuck. You got to pimp the system for whatever you can take out of it and stop being a bitch. <laughs> that, that song is like the song of truly thought for a new <laughs> century. Like, like if there's any song that would fit what I say in that, 
which would be great. It'll be up on the Substack when I get the Substack yeah. news. Well, because if you ain't pimping the system, then use the hoe. Yep. Just so you know, ladies and gentlemen of our fine viewing audience, you don't want to be the yeah. hoe because the system will pimp you real quick. Taxes. You know, you, you think that you think that ain't fucking like a handout? Like, bitch, get me my money. <laughs> you better get that money, you know, out there working it. That, well, like, that... I mean, you have people like these conservatives that are like priding themselves. Like, I'm not going to take the PPP loan. Right. I'm not going to. I could qualify for food. Stuff. I won't do it because it's important for me not to take from this system so that it perpetuates itself. Pro, pro, pro tip, pro tip. You average consuming uh, GOP member, middle class person. You you already get more back than you pay in taxes. <laughs> so you're already like it's impossible because the way the system is set up, you're already benefiting in ways that you don't even think of in more dollar per value than you pay in taxes. That's this is true. But that's why we have a what twenty eight trillion dollar fucking deficit or whatever. Because they're spending well, more money than we have. And that's why you, average consumer, and some of it's whether you like it or not. Like the war in Ukraine, is you're, you're paying for that, and that's part of the benefit that you get for your tax dollar, motherfucker. Yep. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You may not yeah. like you may not like the numbers, <laughs> but that's the benefit, right? And you're getting way more than you're paying in. That's <laughs> no, but I mean, as our great friend and your and kids future, are gonna love it. Our future guest on the show, Vivek Ramaswamy, would say, like, what is the underlying wisdom there? It's like, yeah, conservative guy, you got good instincts, right? You're trying not to take more from the pot so that there's more for the people that are um, who genuinely need it because you have great instincts that allow us to build great civilizations and great society. And you would feel bad from taking from it. However, that makes no sense. Your intuition makes no sense given the current context. Sure. So pimp the system. Right. Pimp the system. If you're not if you're not taking advantage of every opportunity before you within reason, right? Within some fucking reason, you know what I mean? Um you're just allowing others to have a benefit over you. You're harming yourself, and not only are you harming yourself, you're harming your children or potential children who could benefit from those advantages that you're taking, those opportunities that you're yeah. taking. Now, obviously, the, the problem with welfare is really a problem of low-class people not investing in themselves and just living off of it because they can just live in that short-term time uh, frame of the next check. Which is kind of the problem with a lot of people inherently, you know. I mean, but but that's become a problem, crept all the way up to now the middle class and even the upper middle class, where it's yeah, but they're they don't living. Want to. Yeah, no, nobody wants to. They're living check to check, though. That's what I'm saying. That's not just become welfare. That's <coughs> become that's become like the bottom seventy five percent living check to check. Yeah, yeah. You, you, but you know what I mean. I, I mean. That short-sightedness is something that a lot of these guys who are like, I would never take a check from the government have, right? 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's... They're, they're actually longer. They have a longer time frame that they're working within. They're just been suppressed by the system into living check by check. Well, and the reason I bring up the war is that's something your tax money's going to. And if you don't like it, well, something else your tax money's going to is food stamps. If you're taking back food stamps, right? Because you because times are fucking tough under Joe Biden. If you if you hadn't noticed at the grocery store, I've noticed, and I'm pretty sure everybody's noticed. But just in case you haven't, at times get a little tough, and the upper middle class is even feeling that now. And all of a sudden, they can't get the fanciest fucking coffee every morning. And all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, uh, things get a little expensive. The car note seems like a bit more than it should have cost this year, right? And fucking, they 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 have to cut back on their lattes and their fucking morning paper. And all of a sudden, they suddenly see it. And we're living in that world right now, for sure. Yeah. And now we are. The upper, no, we are. the upper middle class is now being forced to live paycheck to paycheck like everybody else. Uh, you know, and, and, the, and the ironic thing is a lot of those people that are now, uh, you know, being forced to live paycheck to paycheck that weren't before, they were the ones that were bitching, oh, Trump's mean tweets. Oh, yeah. And what? Oh yeah, no, it, it cuts a, it cuts across such a wide swath of America, right? That yeah. it, that it, it intersects all types of people. And and the, the more that, that that's what I'm talking about. I've always said the one thing you don't want to be is the extremist when the normies rise up. That's a bad idea. Even if you're on the right. If you're the crazy guy when the piss, normies are fucking pissed off at wit's end standing out like a sore thumb, you're going to it's going to end badly for you. Like a Nick Fuentes is a great example, right? Yeah, um, no. Yeah, I was just going to say we, we've little and that's the other thing, too, is, you know, for all the for all this concern that, well, if Trump, you know, runs again, it, it'll be like, you know, Charlottesville 2.0. Um, I yeah, mean, I mean, I'm I used to do sure a sh- we, show based we, on based on a premise called the Maxian position. And the Maxian position was a joke made by Asa J. Obviously, as it relates to like the Marxian position, people would say he said the Maxian position is when because I would make this case a lot when the the far right and the far left push the normies so far that the center wakes up, the center is going to squash both because they're sick of your bullshit. And all I'm saying yeah. is that's starting to happen. <laughs> Nick totally. Fuentes is getting mainstream attention, making fun of him on like both sides for having yeah, yeah, know, well, pedophiles all throughout his organization or whatever. Allegedly, well, that, well, and, the, well and that's what I was going to say exactly. Is for for all for all of this fear about neo Nazis like rising up or whatnot, they seem to do a pretty good, damn good job of like taking themselves out of the because it's always a it, it's always a honey trap. You can go back to I, I might have mentioned this before the National Socialist Movement in the 2000s. Uh, they, you know, completely imploded. And like the main guy wrote a book where he admitted to being a pedophile and, the, and it was full of feds and operations and all this crazy crap. All this shit. Like if you see people saying weird shit, like you should kill people. It's probably a trap, dog. It's probably a trap. 
yeah if you, totally if you feel that way i i get it like i get the frustration with the way things are man i try to be an optimist that's i think what binds our show together we do have tend to have an optimistic outlook yeah if i mean comes from way different places but i get being well, pessimistic i get seeing things fall apart i get all that but if some dude tells you to join a group and the purpose of that group is to kill any group of specific people it's it might be a fed <laughs> that's well, how you know that's how well, you know well and max <laughs> that that is something that i that i actually did kind, kind of want to segue into uh directly because um in you some know, way shape or form I, see it might not be run by them right but there's gonna be one there is all i'm saying and he's gonna sure. be the most extreme guy <laughs> well to that point i think i think one of the things that kind of high you know separates this show from other you know shows is we're one of the shows that Schmooley's on it well yeah well, obvi- well obviously yes that but and Shmuley has actually been great about this uh we're actually not black pilled on shit yeah we can we can take a look around and say yeah shit's really bad right now but we're not i think we're one of the few podcasts out there on the right that is not like defeatist the world is going to fucking uh, and so, you bro. Know. I mean, I was pretty black pilled, but then I went and saw the Barbie movie, and like, we live in a world <laughs> where the Barbie movie exists. Like, how can you be black pilled on our state of affairs? True. I have no idea the, why. Uh, I, also, I just, I just want to before you go off on your Barbie tangent, I just want to say this: I have absolutely no interest in seeing it. I don't care if it was woke or unwoke. It's the goddamn Barbie movie. Like, what well, people are gonna get that upset about a fight? Like, I see all these conservatives that were outraged and shit. And so I just want to get this out of the way because you have a good thing about this, and I have nothing to say because it's the Barbie movie, and I'm a forty year old man. All and of I, them, and I don't, I don't have daughters, right? So all of them that complained probably didn't watch it to the end. Or else they are so stupid that they hyper fixated like with a pen and paper like Ben Shapiro. All of the things in the movie that are, well, I don't like it because of this and that. Where they missed that the movie basically fails to be woke. The the main character is the Barbie without a career. So that is her premise. Now, she's evil. In all of the toxic ways that a like that you see in the modern like feminist type women that are misguided and have failed relationships and are have inflated egos and all of that stuff, but right. basically the kins are oppressed. They don't have homes. They don't have purposes. They don't have jobs. They exist at odds with each other, trying to seek the attention of the Barbies. Right. They're the token boyfriend, and that's all they exist for. Yes. He finds a portal to our world and goes through it because he's brave and awesome. And in it, a woman comes up to him and asks for the time. Now, to you or I, this is insignificant because in our world, men can have jobs and purposes. He He's blown away. This woman was nice to him, and he fulfilled a purpose. 
And then he finds out about jobs and horses and presidents and cowboys and jackets and Sylvester Stallone. Based? He goes, he goes back and tells the other kins about jobs and so he, purpose. Hold on, my, my interpretation of what you just said is he learned how to be a man all of a sudden. Yes. Yes. Based. Then he goes back to the Barbie world and tells the other kins this. They oh, become shit. immediately. It's excited. gonna be a revolution, dog. Yes, within like <laughs> within the movie, within like two days, they basically take over all of the nice. Barbie houses. Become Kins Casa Blanca houses. I think they were. I forget exactly what they called it. And they start forming relationships with all of the Barbies, and they're like strumming guitars on the beaches and spending time with them, and like they're happy. So they're forming families. They have jobs. They have purposes. Barbie comes back to the real world or back to the Barbie world and gets in a fight with him because he doesn't recognize her. So she decides who does she decide to go to weird Barbie who's clearly a stand in for the unhappy sort of spinster third wave feminist. Right. Who tells her that they have to get rid of this. This this is terrible. That these Barbies are brainwashed. And that uh, this is oppression. So, so is this supposed to be like kind of the mystic guide from like the hero's journey kind of thing? Yeah, well it's weird yeah. Barbie. Yeah, She's flexible. And she's played the, that horrible woman from SNL. The really unfunny blonde one. Oh, it uh, does the. F I do weird faces. A Amy, Amy Poehler. Ah, uh, no, Amy Poehler would be much better. Oh, Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon. Yes, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And so she tells them basically to sow discord among the kins by ha basically cheating. Oh, so she's gonna overthrow the new like male-oriented family structure, and she does. Oh no, Barbie! And, why? And then she struggles because she's now in that Barbie world, like it was, and she's unhappy. Right. All the other Barbies, like I said, this is this is an important message. All the other Barbies have careers, mm. but she doesn't. She's just Barbie, and so yeah. she doesn't have a purpose in her life, and she doesn't fit into this world, and so That's... she leaves. She doesn't get with Ken. She leaves and gives up being Barbie for the real world. And I kid you not, she becomes a mother. And that's how the movie ends. Ah. Ah. You're, kid You're kidding, right? I'm not kidding. That last part can't be true. I swear to God. I was fucking amazed at the end. Because, like I said, if you're watching this movie, you're seeing Ken's ups and downs and you're like this barbie is is terrible right and i've seen like one clip that was going yeah. around and it looks like the guy put his all into being ken which is pretty cool yeah ryan ryan gosling played him um a, a funny thing too is that there's there's a scene where like real barbie or barbie goes to real world and the point was like the men would gawk at them and stare at them and whatnot Right. And and show like the oppression they face. But in the actual shooting of that, where they were like in um LA, 
like no one paid her any attention. <laughs> I bet. But everyone was running up to Ryan Gosling as Ken and like high fiving him, and like oh, women yeah. were looking at him and shit because he's got his six pack out and shit. He, he's he's been like the sexiest man alive multiple times, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I just found that funny because it was like, oh my god, no one cat called her. This well, is, this I did, I, I did mention before we went on air, like I know that Amy Schumer rejected the Barbie movie because she said it wasn't woke enough. Yeah, she she thought it was too right wing, so maybe that's what she was talking about. I I think that she she got it. The the thing about the movie is I don't think it was intentionally set up to be this way. I actually think that it was written by like a turf, and I think yeah. that the um. And turfs getting... are our allies in the current year because that's where we're at. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Max, you were talking. No, about... I love turfs. I got a whole bunch of turfs on Twitter now, and they post some of the funniest shit you'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I just think that it was inadvertently made based, and uh, I just want to say that I'm a conservative. Okay. Kin- well, kinser- damn, bro. <laughs> Damn, we actually, we actually got, we should actually put that on a fucking t-shirt, bro. <laughs> that would be. You're gonna get sued by Mattel or some shit. <laughs> Base. No, no, we'd but... have to make the, we'd have to make the logo Mantel. That yeah. is so worth it, though. Hold on, <laughs> I have to bring this up just on the off chance it might actually work. <laughs> that. That would be that would be that would be pretty funny though. No, um, the the thing it is is there's actually a there's a oh I just I, I just want to <laughs> yeah sorry, sorry to cut you off but I just want to say do not have your children see that movie. It is not at all even attempting to be appropriate for them. Yeah. Well, no, I. I I oh, figured... that's, that's why it did well at the box office, though, is all the kids seeing it. Great. Yeah, well, they, they like, repeatedly use curse words, and a lot of the jokes are sexual. And like I said, I can kind of, like, see this movie and be like, oh, damn, I understand the uh, the overarching story. But, like, the way that gender is put across through most of the movie is basically that there's, like, a battle between men and women that's inherent and that like you see them treating each other poorly basically uh, i wouldn't recommend that like if you have a child there they might get bad they might mimic bad ideas that they saw there because it's barbie right and it's trying to present toxic ideas and kids mimic them gotcha yeah yeah so yeah. it's it's tough with kids entertainment these days but at least i i get the pass of skipping barbie because my boy is not into that you know what he's into <laughs> i just set him up today and he's like upstairs right now he even came in a second ago i had to cut out because he wanted some water but like um he's playing uh c uh what is it the sea of thieves the pirate game on xbox oh yeah 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 that's like his new he's super high he's going yo and playing the game Having a good time. Yeah. Pi- pirates are cool, right? They yeah, also, um, I, I didn't mention it because it wasn't really important because Barbie's not really important in that movie. Um, Barbie becomes upset when she comes to the real world because the teenage girls call her, like, fascist and upholding, like, oppression and shit. 
uh, based. <laughs> that is exactly what you'd expect out of teenage girls, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Now, uh... which, which there was a um, a study done. I think it was YouGov. I'd have to bring it up that I read that basically showed that um, it, it was done among twelfth graders, and it showed that about thirty percent of twelfth graders now identify as conservative, which is the highest since Carter. Um, Based, but like it was. Sorry, I, I won't even say it because i'd have to look at the data again i, I might have confused that but basically that more young men are identifying as conservative and more young women are identifying as liberal yeah well, that makes sense. well but yeah. I, I think the degree to which uh women are these these high school girls uh, and young women or whatever um i don't really know what to call them because 12th grade that's like a weird cutoff. They they they're like kids to me, but whatever. Um, the what was I saying? I think that a lot of that has to do with like Roe v. Wade. Like they probably have like one issue basically, and then they're like, "Oh, sure. well, I'm this thing because of that one issue." Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I think a lot. I think a lot of the high school boys are conservative because they see that the left basically is demonizing all men, right? So, okay. and, so I think. Like, well, I, I and and the the natural rebelliousness against the system, and the system is full of cat ladies pushing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> the natural male like aggressive instinct is to push back against the cat ladies in charge, and right now the cat lady cat ladies are preaching that shit. So it's not cool. It's like annoying. And of course, that, that's what even makes them naturally conservative, if anything. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually glad that that gives, that gives me hope. So, well, it, it's why uh, our generation, my generation specifically, was like naturally liberal because the conservative institutions were being like dumb. And censoring things and starting wars well, and shit. Yeah. And so, you know, I was kind of like a little bit more above it than that. I don't just fall for propaganda, but I could see the people around me. They're just like, yeah, yeah, conservative bad. And they're going to think that forever. Right. Yeah. Now, and now the left is doing the same thing pretty much. Worse. Pretty much. <laughs> At least we had money. At least we had goddamn money. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, speaking of... We might not have had Dungeons and Dragons and Heavy Metal, but we had money. Speaking of, uh, you know... But under Trump, this is the beauty of it all. Under Trump, I had all of it. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, Heavy Metal, money, opportunity... And Biden stole it away. Yep. No, and now, and now, well, I don't know how reliable this is because I'm looking at the link right now uh, that Maya uh, sent me, and uh, I thought it was a good link until I saw that it comes from Timcast. Um, <laughs> something about us. And no, I, I appreciate Maya. Uh, sending stuff to contribute to the show, but 
it's Tim Pool and yeah, it's a little sus to put it mildly, but uh, the, you know, he's talking about there's there's the prospect of you know Biden forming a draft for us to go into Ukraine. Here's the thing about that. The reason why I'm bringing it up is Biden is, is the one guy who I think would start a draft. Oh, dude. So you're telling me that we're going to send a bunch of young American males that don't have like purpose or guidance and have been ran by a bunch of cat ladies to an ultra nationalist country fighting for their independence so that they can serve with ultra nationalist brigades in order to defeat the Russians. And then they're going to come back to the United States having been exposed to ultra nationalist right wing ideas and having the means to wage a war that they didn't want to wage in the first place being sent by an oligarchy. I'm sure that'll work really well. I see no problem for the regime with that. Go ahead. Th that's and that's an interesting way of looking at it, Shmoy. I yeah, not, no, it's, it's a great idea, right? I I had not can to quote to quote uh to quote the Big Lebowski's assistant Ed. I I had not considered that, dude. I mean, it's just funny. Like, no, quite literally. Um, there's always been this kind of thing where like the Ukraine was not convenient for them. Yeah. Like the, the idea that we share an ideology with, with those people is kind of absurd. Um, I mean, they're not as like foreign as the Taliban or something, but like, they're definitely not, they definitely don't have a lot in common with Silo our Silicon Valley overlords. Okay? Right. These are like village people. These these are like Eastern European uh, turnip farmers and shit. They, I I think the big I think the big kind of uh, thing why people are so against us going into Ukraine, at least that I've seen, is they don't want it turning into another Vietnam, which is kind of what the the fear is. Yeah, right? I look. Look, I mean, I, I jest, right, about how it would be a bad idea for them. Um, however, like, no, I, I just don't want any Americans dying in an ethnic conflict in Europe. Right. I mean, I look at World War One, and I'm like, Americans were sent to die so that, like, the British could fuck it. The British and French could defeat those Germans because those Germans were so bad. They were the evil Hun and all. The, it's like, no, everyone who died in that war that was an American uh, died for nothing. It was totally unnecessary. And that that's basically the scenario that I fear. Like, I don't really think that an American should die for Ukraine unless they want to, like, go join the Ukrainian army. Right. Yeah. Now, some some method of arming them might be good, but like the fact of the matter is, is I have a lot of concerns with how we've armed them. And, yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Is we've we've been arming them for like a couple of years now. So. I would feel much more comfortable with arming them if if we made new artillery shells and sent them to them. 
if we made new armored personnel carriers and sent them to now people say oh well we'll just replenish our stocks once we give up our surplus to them but i i don't think that that's the case especially with production i mean we had the president of the united states say we're running out of shells now presumably we can buy these artillery shells from south korea but here's the thing they're buying them from south korea ukraine's buying them from south korea South Korea has a huge stockpile. They're not going to run out, but they need that yeah. stockpile because of North Korea. Well, the well, the other fear too is that like Russia is going to ally with China. I mean, they already have, you know, but that China is going to get more involved in this, and that's going to cause big problems for us. Well, it's that. it's kind of amusing because. Um, the Russian Soygu, uh, uh, the head of the Ministry of Defense, went to North Korea, and they did a parade and showed off their weapons and stuff. And so we have an instance now where South Korea is selling weapons to Ukraine, and North Korea is selling weapons to Russia. I just find that amusing. Yeah. This little <laughs> both sides are selling weapons and making money off of the war yeah well i mean th that's the way you, that's the way wars usually go so. but from what i've heard i mean i just think that we could support them in a much more efficient manner um if we went outside of the contract i mean we have arms manufacturers ammo manufacturers that would be perfectly capable of producing rifles for every single ukrainian now, yeah. you you might ask why you would want to do that. Well, because right now they use the AK-74 as their primary weapon. That's a 5.45 round. NATO does not use that. America does not have the capacity to produce that in large scale. We have more than enough capacity to produce 5.56. There's thousands upon thousands of people. People have that shit in their garage. Yeah, that yeah, that's true. Oh, by the way, um, we could arm we could arm them for four hundred dollars. I just want to say we could give rifles for four hundred dollars a piece to the Ukrainians, produce jobs for Americans here, American manufacturing. Not necessarily, not even the defense contractors, but smaller firms could do this. Right, and then we could we could sell the ammo to them, and this would help our local production. But the Biden administration wouldn't do that because they don't believe in the Second Amendment. And they want their pork barrel spending and their corrupt uh, oligarchs and the defense contractors to make money. Of course, if we're going to send them javelins and shit, you know, they're going to get their money. But um, my point is that it's it's been poorly run, even if you think that it should. And I, I find this to be a problem, even though, like I said, I don't really have much of a problem with arming them. I do no, think, no. however, that it's perfectly legitimate for citizens to say there's homeless vets, there's all these other issues, there's the southern border. What are we doing about those things? But I, I think that it's a cop-out. I, I think personally that um, they, could, they could secure the border and give some amount of assistance to Ukraine. 
but I, I don't like I don't like that uh, Zelensky's daughter is chilling out in a four hundred million dollar mansion. Yeah, no, during wartime. Yeah, that explain just, that to me. You know, well, I mean, well, I mean, I I don't like the fact that Zelensky has become such a celebrity over here in the in the U.S. I mean, why is yeah? Why I, is I, he? Go ahead. Why is he flavor of the week, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think he's a great leader in that he's gotten supplies for his country, right? Sure, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that, but it's like, yeah. He, but from our perspective, I mean, they're they're treating him like they're almost treating him like Obama in in a way, in the sense that like they're they're glorifying him a bit excessively, and it's like. Okay, yes, he's a great leader, but you know, he's not even our, you know, guy. I wish we had Kurt back on here. I I love hearing Kurt talk about it. He lived there for years, had businesses there, um, really loved the place. Uh, yeah. So I, I love his perspective on it. Um, but no, then, I, I think that from our perspective, it's perfectly legitimate to say. Uh, this country is incredibly corrupt because in America, we kind of shifted a lot of our corruption up to the top. Most like day-to-day -day citizens are not going to have to pay bribes to the mob or pay bribes to the cops. Like that that's not, at least in mo the vast majority of America, that's not really the case. The corruption right. is in Congress and sit in the Senate among massive pharmaceutical companies. You know what I mean? It's way out of reach for the average person's life, and that's not the case in the Ukraine. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so Morpheus uh, actually found that chart of 12th grade boys that you were talking about. Uh, okay, cool. Earlier, Shmuley. So, yeah. Um, let me see if I can. So yeah, there, there's that. Uh, what is that? Twenty three, twenty four percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's that's very hot. Like, um, my understanding is it was since like the Carter administration. It's been. Yeah, uh, what's also interesting though in regards to this survey is it's is notice that this is from the University of Michigan, which, mm -hmm. let's face it, uh, you know, the University of Michigan isn't exactly a... Uh, well, Michigan itself isn't necessarily a, a conservative hotbed. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to conclude this data. You, what you'd want to do is look at, uh, like, Gen Z voting and try to isolate it because um, I wonder if in this... Those who don't identify as one or the other lean to the right or to the left. From what I've seen, at least as of right now, um, independents and moderates, people who identify as one or the one or the other of those or both, uh, are leaning right. Mm -hmm. And that's that's where you see things like um, like how many people voted for Trump and. 2024 uh, obviously the democrats had a better ground game but um yeah yeah i i just thought that was interesting so uh
thanks to Mort for sending that our way. Uh, also, um, Tucker Carlson dropped another video. Um, he dropped an interview with Devin Archer, who I guess is one of uh, Hunter Biden's or was one of Hunter Biden's business partners. I've not uh, seen it yet. Uh, is this something that we want to commentate on? or? Well, my opinion is that they need to indict Trump because he's obviously the big guy in the Hunter Biden email. You know, why not? I mean, yeah. if you're going to charge him with 500 years worth of crime, you know, just, just stack yeah. it. I mean, you know, he had documents, but he also moved the documents. Those are two different charges, okay? Well, if, if we're going to... If we're gonna, they're treating him like they would treat you. They're treating him like they would treat a normal Joe that finds himself being targeted by the law or a prosecutor. They do this every single day to railroad people, and the fact that they're doing it to a billionaire just shows something. It well, shows something. It shows well, how scared they are. Yeah. Well. Well, they're throwing proverbial shit at the wall with Trump and hoping that something sticks, right? Like, they're not even... They're basically throwing all of the darts at the wall at this point. Um, and again, I mean, indictments don't mean arrest necessarily. So... Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, th th my point is that this is exactly what they do. They throw everything at oh, yeah. somebody. And like, you know, you would think that one charge would be something, but they find a way to make it 30 charges. Yeah. You jaywalked, Sam, but you also didn't look both ways. And when you jaywalked, you unauthorized entry in front of a car, but you also disturbed traffic and you also, okay. So your jaywalking charge is 50 years in prison. <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> if you were found guilty on all these yeah. charges. Well, no, I think, I think with like one of the, I think with like one of the New York charges that Trump is facing, like one of them is like, that he like, is that he like supposedly like ripped a tag on like a mattress or something. And that's like, <laughs> And that's like illegal in the state of New York, New York, or something. I don't know. Some of some of them are just absolutely, uh, you know, outrageous. But meanwhile, we got Hunter Biden out here selling crack um, to ever to everyone. But oh no, let let's uh, let's ignore that. So you know, yeah. it's. Uh, it's fascinating. So, um, I actually, I have not seen this. I do kind of want to, you know, I guess react to, uh, Max, are you still, are you still here? Nah. Uh, He's, he passed away. Rest in peace. <sighs> Well, well, at least he got to spend out his last moments with the two people he loved the most. I mean, this is debatable, okay? 
Well, Who I did mean, he love more? Obviously, me. Well, yeah. Well, yes. You know, but well, well, I, you've known you've known him for way longer. Like I'm not, I'm not denying that at all. Well, it's just that you know, he always admired me, my wit, my humor. Yes. No, he he did. He, you know. He always, and he always uh, told me, you know, he was my so. friend. And his passing is going to be difficult. And it's going to be hard. Like, how, how are we going to do the show? It's just going to be you and I? That's it's absurd. There's going to be dead air, Sam. There's going to be dead air, dude. No, there they, they will, <laughs> will never be dead we will, it's gonna we will, be dead air because he's dead. It, it it'll it'll just be his avatar. <laughs> it'll just be his avatar. I'm hyperventilating, Sam. We can't do I this mean, on our uh, own. I I'd give you a, I'd give you a virtual Kleenex if I I'd give you a Kleenex if I could. Stop! Don't be perverted. Now is not the time to be perverted, Sam. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. What's it? I I didn't mean I didn't mean clear. I didn't mean Kleenex like in that way. <laughs> what other way is there for a Kleenex? What else are you gonna do with a Kleenex, Sam? I don't have a Kleenex. I have a sock. It's right here. Well, 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 now, well, now you, well, now you're the pervert. Sir. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, but like, well, well, you know, as far as like, as far as sick things to do with Kleenexes, you know, let's ask the expert on this uh, type of thing, uh, Hunter Biden, or more specifically, uh, his former partner Devin Archer. Let me test this out real quick. Holy shit! End of the day, he. You know notifications and messages you're a popular man Sam. i i am can you uh can you hear the audio real quick yes I no, he had a career in washington okay so let me uh all right we'll pause for uh commentary so you worked with hunter biden in a bunch of different businesses um what were the skill, the specific skills that he brought to clients? Well, at the end of the day, he, you know, he had a career in Washington. Yeah. Uh, graduated Yale Law School and had a very big network in in D.C. and brought that know-how and understanding of D.C. and ultimately the Biden brand. The know-how. So, as far as I could tell, he wasn't doing legal work. I Correct. Mean, he wasn't in the counsel's office at Burisma, right? No. No. So the the network and the Biden brand sounds like the. The kind of key component of absolutely what yeah. he was bringing. Yep. Um, do you think that he would have been in those businesses, not having a business background, without his father being in a government position? It's hard to speculate in in those regards. I mean, yeah. I think when we initially met and uh, and he talked about his advisory business, his business that needed to transition from lobbying to advisory and the interest in private equity, it seemed. Uh, you know, it seems like a new and interesting network for us to expand our business. Um, whether he could have, you know, been in that position, it's it's hard for me to speculate. Right. But obviously, 
the brand of Biden, you know, adds a lot of power when you're dad's vice president. For sure. And there was a time maybe 10 years ago when private equity, maybe like AI now, was just one of those terms people throw out. I'm in private equity. Right. But the mechanics, having done it, coming right. from a business background yourself, are kind of complex. Are Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a complex business. Um, takes years of training. But again, the initial idea around the business, they were going to provide you know, the government insight and an additional network to raise capital and then you know, deal with regulatory issues that you might have at the corporate level. Right. Regulatory issues. Exactly. Okay. So that would be more his area. Right. That would be his space. Right. But did he have a, a sophisticated understanding of regulation, do you think? Um, I think that he led a team that had, had, a, had a sophisticated... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, because <laughs> I lived in Washington a long time around a lot of regulation. Also a very complex area. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's, you know, you got to be an expert in knowing the guy. And he was the guy that was the expert in knowing the guy. He was an expert in knowing the guy. Right. And who was the guy he knew? Uh, well, he knew a lot of people, but obviously yep. there was some familiar, you know, some, his brother, his father, uh, yep. uh, some of his, his father's siblings. So he, he knew a lot of people. And, and obviously I know you're pointing to, you know, the father being the key relationship. That's well, great. no, I, I'm just trying to get a sense of... Washington's not a money town. Right. You know, people don't, aren't in business in Washington for the right. most part, and most people don't have business skills that I. That is a key point there that, like, DC is not a money town. It's all about power and who you know in DC. That's like the real currency. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's all. Like New New York City is definitely money based, right? But DC definitely is more of like a who you know type of uh, you know place. Yeah, and that's that's why it produces a bunch of like degenerate ruling classes that aren't tied to anything tangible and don't understand things other than to grift and lie and virtue signal and stab each other in the back. Right. Whereas, you know, and, and this is this is what's so crucial, I think, to Tucker as well and his critique of um, sort of the managerial elite, our current elite, at least in his book, Ship of Fools. There's a lot of overlap between mine and his views. However, oh, I, yeah, do totally. think, I think that we're, we will be able, especially now that things are kind of accelerating, we'll be able to have a new group of elites gain status and power outside of the system and then seek to replace it. Because if you remember the current sort of technocrats, the idea that like college professors would be calling the shots over politicians, that was a new concept around 1910. It was the progressive movement that implemented that culminating in the new deal and all of that stuff. Yeah. Prior to that, things were done in a, a much more corrupt way. It was like, I want to build a skyscraper I pay off the mob so that the union will actually build it. And then I pay off the politicians and then we build the empire state building in seven months. Right. But also, and here's the thing is the mob actually did have like legit business, you know, uh, interest too. Granted, I'm just saying like everything was done like that politicians right. actually held power and people with money would give them money in exchange for the okay to do things 
whereas much now now everything is really bureaucratic oh yeah and there's yeah, a million completely. managers behind that and well the politician will tell you well you got to get approval by this and that it's that system was implemented by the progressives specifically to take away the power of these politicians to get rid of that system my point is that those same type of elites, these kind of people that live in Washington or are part of the managerial elite that have all of these positions could themselves be displaced. Oh, yeah, completely. By military elite or a um, business world elite. Yeah. Yeah, go, well, sorry. I, I, I might have derailed it, but I, I think that it's interesting. When I, when I listen to Tucker speak and make these points i put it in the larger context of his book which i would encourage people to read actually oh yeah ship of fools is is excellent i mean and i i have the audiobook version and he so i mean i've i actually hear him you know talking about it directly and yeah everything he meet everything he says is completely spot on in that book um and refers to a lot of what you're saying so but yeah I noticed in 30 years of living there. Um, so really the business of Washington is, is selling access. That's what it looked like to me. Yes. Not just Hunter Biden, but like, yeah, no, I think that's, do. I mean, I think that's the, one of the like core misconceptions. I mean, it seems like when I, you know, understanding a regulatory environment means selling access at the end of the day. That, yeah. That's how I interpret it. And I think that's how most people on, you know, in wall street, whether they admit it or not interpret it. Yeah. So we're going to, we've got a complex business that intersects with government we need a guy who knows it. Right. How do I, you know, deal with getting a guy a visa that needs to come over for a business deal? Right. Call our lobbyist that knows the guy in DHS or used to work in DHS or, you know, in Customs and Border Patrol or the people at the embassy and state. They, they might be able to help. So there are very, like, tactical elements that are regulatory and compliance and governance that you have to go through. And you got to know the guy that right. worked at the old agency that now has a lobbying firm that can go back to the agency and you know, get, get things put to the front of the line. So the reason I'm asking this is because it's not to give the Bidens a pass, right. hardly, but when people say, well, there's some question about whether Hunter was trading on his father's name. If you live in Washington, like that's the whole city right there. Right. I think you, you know the answer to that. At the end of the day, right. so he had the best advantage to do that because of where he was. And, you know, we thought that when we went into business, this was a great opportunity for us. So, I get it. And you're not the only one who did that. Right. There were a lot of, lot of businesses. Hunter Biden's not the only son of a famous government official who's right. done this, right, at all. But I just wonder, like, when you hear people say, well, it's kind of an open question right. about why they hired Hunter Biden. Like, that's pretty disingenuous, no? Right. I think at the end of it, so when you look at the, there, there are people that maybe were, you know, sons or relatives or brother-in-laws of other high-ranking officials. But I think what we ran into and with what Hunter ran into was like almost like an Icarus issue. So he got a little, it was too close to the sun. It was too right. good to be true. And the connections were, were too close and the scrutiny too much. Yes. And it ended up destroying, you know, he, it left a wake of a lot of, you know, a lot of destruction in business over a number of years. So how many, um, it's been reported and you have said that there were occasions when uh, Joe Biden would call in with clients present on a speakerphone. Right. How, how many times do you think that happened? I mean, over a 10-year partnership, I would, uh, you know, the number I'm going with is 20. That's probably the, the, the amount that I so kind of record. Yeah, a lot, you could say. So Joe Biden, who's very much a product of Washington, of course, must have known that he was calling in 
to effectively a business meeting that his son was having. I mean, he must have understood that 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 was kind of what his son was selling. Well, that's, I mean, it's hard for me to speculate on that. <laughs> but like, I guess my question, just to keep it to the facts, Joe Biden, then the sitting vice president, knew that there were Hunter's business associates in the room. Yeah, I think I can, I can definitively say at particular dinners or meetings, he knew there were business associates and he, you know, we, or if I was there, I was a business associate too. Yeah. Um, so I think, or if, you know, any of the other colleagues from the DC office or the New York office were there. So yeah, at times there were from the, you know, to be, you know, completely clear on the calls. I don't know if it was an orchestrated call in or not. It certainly was powerful though, because, you know, if you're sitting with a foreign business person and you hear the vice president's voice, that's prize enough. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty impactful stuff for anyone. It's a, yeah. I mean, again, going back to what, uh, you know, Shmuel and I were saying earlier, it, it's, it's the access to power, right? That That's the commodity in DC. And even if Joe Biden just like stumbled upon those, uh, you know, calls on accident, quote unquote, you know, that, that would have still been like a major pull for several of well those business. If it wasn't for the big guy thing, I, I could believe that Joe Biden, being the guy he is, would get a sense, my son's doing something corrupt, I'm not going to pry. Then I have my plausible deniability. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can do what he's doing. But I, I do think that there's a possibility that he was involved, a good possibility, and that there's questions in, involved in that. And it's very plausible that nothing technically illegal happened, but that's the kind of thing that you would expect with this kind of situation. You know, if you're if you're him, it would kind of behoove you, if, if you're not getting any money, if you're not getting a cut of it, to not ask too many questions. You know what I mean? Yeah don't ask don't tell kind of a thing and look it's also possible that on those emails it looks sketchy that that he was full of shit and just trying to get more money hey i need 10 more percent for the big guy right yeah i mean this is the kind of thing that i'd like to know yeah i mean i i'd like i'd like to know if I'd like to know how many of these business ventures were then, you know, used as like campaign finance for, you know, Biden's uh, presidential run the first go round. Yeah. I mean, these are all these are all good questions. And, and like I said, I'm trying to be as objective and fair as possible based on what I've seen. It's entirely plausible that if there was like a, a proper you know, trial or whatever, I'd find out, hey, actually, Joe wasn't involved, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean... An investigation... At least not in a way that would be, you know, criminal or directly. I mean, I I think at the very least, we deserve an investigation in regards yeah. to, that, to that, so... Look, I mean, how many times did they investigate Trump with the impeachments and this and that, and then every time it's like, oh, okay, he didn't do it? Okay. Wow. Well, well, and that well, and that's what we're getting at, you know, these days now too. Is uh... look, 
every little thing that they accused Trump of, they got a fucking whole ass hearing. They got whole ass investigations. Right? So why can't we have an investigation to see if he was directly involved in this kind of stuff? I Like I said, and, I, and I'll reiterate it, it's entirely possible that Joe, sensing his son was corrupt, decided, I'm not going to pry in this. I'm not going to ask too many questions. And Hunter in these emails is like, I need 10 more percent for the big guy. And it's a tactic to get more money. Yeah. But uh, but that's we still scummy. Yeah. We need an investigation. Every single every single time people had concerns about Trump, time and time again, there was an investigation. Time and time again, there was a hearing. He got impeached over shit. Oh, over a phone. Let's let's remember the phone call. The perfect phone call. The perfect phone call where he said, "Hey, uh, we need to look into this Burisma stuff." Right. Oh, what a bad guy. Wow. He's vindicated again. Who would have thought? Yep. My apologies, gentlemen. I just uh, ran a couple miles to get a drink for my boy. I cried <laughs> because well, you were I'm dead. So- I'm sorry. And and because you were dead. Yeah. I was sure. telling Sam, how can we do the show? He's dead. And so there's going to be dead air. <laughs> Based. Shmuel gave, Shmuel gave like a legit heartfelt eulogy uh, <laughs> for you, and and this time, and this time the stream didn't get cut. So no, I, I was I was running to go to the store before they closed because he's coming in here asking me. All I drink is water. If he's asking me for water, I'm like, you got anything to drink? And he's like, no. And I was like, oh well, they'll understand. I'm sweating dad, legitimately. I'm dad, like <laughs> dad dad life dad life folks. That's something that uh you know a lot of people who are chronically online will never understand. Well and I got my make your own iced coffee while I was there for the trip, you know. Oh based, very based. Yeah. And they gave it to me for free because I go Close to closing time all the time, so they just give me free coffee because they're gonna throw it away anyway. Pro tip. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. So yeah. but anyway, yeah, we've uh I just saw that you know this new Tucker interview with uh one of Biden's former partners uh dropped, so yeah. Oh my god! I, see, I haven't even looked that close because it's just like shit. We all know that the motherfuckers are all corrupt to the core, and and the Justice Department, who's led led by Biden, doesn't want to do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, at least it's at least it's out there for the normies to see now, and you know. Oh sure, yeah. My my. The white pill I'm kind of taking from this is that, like, that'll influence people to not vote for Biden it's, next time. You want a white pill? Normies are now interacting with Michael Malice content. Yes. Yes. Via that, Roseanne. Yes, that is a huge, huge that, white pill. That's insane. Welcome to the, like, the, the, the clownier version of Clown World. 
We're <laughs> and it's because, like yeah. I say, it's because they cancel these people that kind of had normie views in Hollywood. A lot of Gen Xers, if you'll notice, among a pattern among them, the Gen Xers who like don't fit in with the rest of them seem to just get weeded out, right? And it's usually on some shit like a vaccine. Like uh, besides Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg came out against the vaccine too. Whatever you think about oh. the vaccine, it's interesting that they have that opinion, right? Yeah, I I I saw that. So, well, he he, he yelled at, he was yelling at the servers about of EA being down and saying Bill Gates instead of pushing these bullshit vaccines on a motherfucker, get your servers up. And he, he's right, by the way. I support Snoop Dogg's message in that video wholeheartedly. Sometimes that's me. Get yeah. your server up. Motherfucker, <laughs> stop pushing transgenders in my face and get your server up. Based, <laughs> yeah. Uh, been reported, and I, I know that it is true that the Hunter and his brother were very close to their dad. Absolutely. Um, which I think is great. Yep. Um, I've got a lot of kids. I'm very close to them. Talk to them every day. Yeah. Never called them on speaker during a business meeting. That's weird. You've got a lot of kids. You're close to them. Do you call them on speaker during business meetings? Um, do I call? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is that? A grown man calling his dad on a speakerphone during a business right. meeting. Right. And to be clear, sometimes it was the call was coming in and the speaker would go on. So it was, it's just the presence. You have to be, I mean, you're, you, you understand DC, it's right? It's because it's the So the power to have that. Yep. Bingo. It is the big guy. Yeah, you, you take the call when the big guy calls. No, even if no, you're in no. the most important meeting there is. We all know that the big guy's Donald Trump. You know, just add that to the 550 year charges. You know what I mean? Might as well. Well, I've I've heard an anonymous report that the big guy was orange. <laughs> that would be the best timeline: is if Hunter Biden was actually corrupt with Donald Trump somehow. I don't know about best timeline, but it'd be pretty funny. It would funny. be funny. It would be the funniest timeline. The, the, <laughs> they're just fucking... I mean, it oh, would wait, throw wait, a and kink it, and in it, the system. And the twist is that Don Jr. is working for Biden. <laughs> yeah. We should pitch this as a film, and it's like spy versus spy kind of shit, except they're both like kind of dumb and stumble into everything. Well, I'm actually... I like uh, Don Jr., but like sometimes he's kind of tone deaf. I'm working on a well, GPT novel like Sam's. It's a short story uh, where um Donald, well, Commander Cobra, because uh, it won't write about Trump, uh, wants to win in 2024. And so he has a group of podcasters to spread misinformation about the climate change lasers from the sun. And so <laughs> Biden and um, <laughs> Biden and Obama form a, a diverse team of tiktok influencers to counter his podcaster misinformation see hollywood you could solve the strike we could scab i'll, I'll write <laughs> you some films okay and they'll be good like people will like them because yeah because one they're gonna have explosions right two they're gonna have titties right at least some of them um three they're gonna have like uh uh uh, what else is cool? Car chases, montage, montages. Scene. Oh my god! Overcoming adversity. <laughs> yup. 
a love Look, interest that's a woman and, that's and great. you know a male protagonist what yeah it'll be great you'll make so much money hollywood i promise and you can keep the ai because i don't mind that i think i think that's a stupid ask on the part of the union anyway am i the only one that's wrong i think you're right what what are they are they are they asking to like get rid of ai now or what for writing directing acting everything computer animation all of it you can't use ai for anything that's that's one of their key demands well that's that's dumb and and the they want because they want the ai to stop using people's work without their consent or whatever yeah, that that's that's not how that's not how uh, it works. Like, yeah, but these are literally the writers and actors and shit of Hollywood. No, We're no, we're not talking I, about normal, sane people who think normal, right? Right. Well, but what I'm saying, but is, it started with the writers because the writers are the easiest to replace with AI, and they know it because their jokes are terrible. That like all the shit they're writing is terrible. You find. And you guys watch a lot more media than me, so maybe I'm skeptical, but you find like one or two good things every couple of years that's actually well done and well written, well acted and worth your time. And even sometimes it does have a political message, but I can admit that it's good, right? But that's fewer and fewer in between. And most of it looks like it's written by like a 12-year-old who's like obsessed with politics because it is. It's written by radicals. You, Matt, well, Max, you haven't you haven't missed a whole lot. Um, I know. And, but, you know what I haven't yeah. seen? You know what I haven't seen? I haven't seen one single Star Wars movie or TV show or anything that wasn't made under Lucasfilm. Well, shit, you, you really you really haven't missed anything. Not thing, the first uh, one. Not none of them. Not the spinoffs. None of it. The only thing I have done is I went back and played the game. Uh, the old Republic MMO, because uh, the story in that game is pretty good, and uh, yeah, but the combat sucks and it was boring, so I quit. But yeah, that takes place before that too, and they said that that's not canon, so I think that's acceptable. But yeah, I haven't interacted with any of the new Star Wars media at all because I knew it was gonna be shit from the beginning. Yeah, basically, basically, like all of the good Star Wars stuff is like non woke, and by non woke, I mean it's like. It's just like Star Wars. It's not like trying to preach like it's just you know, neutral. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just neutral. All the all of the stuff that like we grew up with in the nineties and you know early two thousands that was like good with Star Wars. All that all that is non canon now. And you yeah, know what I don't except for the the actual like six films. Everything right. else was non canon. The novels. Because, like, people knew where the story went after that. They just wanted the movies to be made from the original novels. Because, obviously, the original Star Wars was episode four. They had written more than one novel by that point, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah, it, it ended with, like, a whole different thing than what they've done, as far as I can tell. Um, and that And part of that was because by the time they made them, all the actors were too old to do it that way. See, here, here's the thing, though, with and the AI. That is partly George Lucas's fault, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that is def- that's definitely true. He, sh- 
he should have done the sequel trilogy that he wanted to in the 90s instead of the prequel trilogy because the prequel trilogy turned off a lot of the uh, hardcore star wars fans because it was weird yeah it's not i mean in hindsight it's not horrible he picked up a lot of young people right but the older people that grew up with the original trilogy fucking hate it well and in this in the cgi has not like it's not horrible but you can definitely tell like it's 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 like mid 2000s misa love the cgi Oh God! The you know the one thing I the one thing I do love about like about Jar Jar Binks is that like supposedly that's supposed to be like a racist uh, like character of like a of like a um of well, like a Rastafarian. Yeah, I agree, but he's a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. The, well, so well, you to... well, so is my character in the Old Republic. I was a Sith warrior, which is like the Darth Vadery class. And I decided very early on that I was just going to murder everybody who didn't do exactly what I said. And I followed that strategy pretty much faithfully through and was just like the genocidal maniac pretty early on. It's a fun experience, actually. But no, going back to these idiot writers complaining about uh, chat GPT, I don't think they understand that, like, that you still have to have some creativity in order for chat GPT and other bots to work properly otherwise to to be fair to them to kind of steel man the other side of this is they are looking at a longer term when they're talking about it particularly in the media field like to be fair because i've worked with people from sag after before and everything they're not the worst like of all the unions the lefty unions the teachers union is way worse than the fucking actors oh yeah the actors it's just celebrities so they're fucking pretentious by nature right but if you can get past that, what their point is, is that especially the writers, is that the long term implication of this is that humans will eventually be taken out of the algorithm entirely because it's taking their jokes and learning from it and building upon them and eventually will be better than them. And that's what they're concerned about. Sure. Um, so I, I don't want to just completely dismiss it as like, you know, simple because um, because like right now, no, you're right. You do need a, a human input to make it work. But what they're saying is how long is that the case for? Yeah. Because this well, technology basically just came out available to the public as far as most of the public is aware. Obviously, we know that's not true because we were even talking to Kurt Doolittle about this where they had this, these kind of algorithms in the 80s, but they just didn't have the computing power. But um, yeah, to most people, this came out of like left field like last week. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, a lot of... A lot of the people have kind of been, um, a lot of people who have listened to the Kurt Doolittle interview on this have kind of been shocked because Kurt's thing was basically to paraphrase is that ChatGPT is rather unremarkable in his, in his, you know, words. But, but then I always have to remind people that's coming from a 40 year veteran of the industry. Right. Yeah, he he was like he said, he was working with AI stuff that could do the same thing. Yeah. Many, many years before this is available. And like me, like I said, I've been into computer science my whole life. It's a passion. Right. So, you know about these things. But like the normal people, they don't understand what ChatGPT is really doing. It, It seems too smart 
to be just a normal computer like they've used their whole life. Like they have a smartphone attached yeah. to their hip. It well, feels play. it feels like a huge jump in technology to the average baseline consumer, and a lot of them are scared about it. Yeah. Well, and, point, and that's fair. Well, my point being though, like, is yeah, did Chat GPT help me write this book? Uh, Shadows of Deception that right. uh, that you totally should buy on Amazon. Did ChatGPT help me? Sure, but did it write the whole whole thing? No. But, I. But but what if it? If, what if this is what they're kind of talking about? To give a perfect example, what if after you write two or three of these, ChatGPT's like, you know what? I can just write another one, and and I'm gonna publish it. <laughs> Because that's, you know, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean. I don't need your input anymore. I understand the style that you write in. So I can just yes. emulate it. So I'm just going to write another one. I'm going to use your main character. Because I helped write it. That's part of the problem. They're talking about like the creative common style licensing. Right. Can run into a problem in terms of DMCA and, and copyright claim. And that's because the DMCA was written around the millennium by a bunch of boomers then who didn't even understand the internet let alone what it would become and so the dmca is way outdated to handle a lot of this shit but we are where we are and so you could run into this problem and so i don't want to downplay the sag after's uh, side on ai it's actually yeah, that I'm... that's their most well thought out position although i think they're taking a fairly extreme stance on it that the, the yeah. movie studio can't possibly accept those terms yeah, not, not that one. Any other term, whatever. I don't care if they have to pay out a lot of money. If the big rich movie studio have to pay the actors and in the key groups more money, I don't, I'm not going to cry for any of them, right? And I'm not crying for any of these people for being out of work either, because it's a strike. You choose to be out of work. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And I'd be happy to skid. Like I say, the the staff for Right to Offend Media is available anytime. Hollywood movie studio, you call Paramount. You call Warner Brothers. We'll get right on it. We'll write you some fire material. I yeah, promise and, you, people will watch it. I will write you a stoner buddy comedy, right? Uh, we, 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 we can write you a fucking whatever, whatever, whatever. And we'll use AI to do it. So fuck those people and their pretentious lifestyles that require like a $6 million mansion. And then Madonna's crying during COVID in a bath of rose petals. Like, we're all the same because COVID. Uh, fuck all these people, man. Listen, <laughs> listen, people. People are worried about like, oh my god, what comes after uh, Tom Cruise is done with? Uh, what happens after the American? What happens after the Mission Impossible franchise uh, comes to an end? You know, I've, I've, I'll give people the options. I'll give people the movie rights to uh, to this book as long as I get as long as I get uh, a part in it. Furthermore, we can make Shmuley one of the one of the main actors to play well, to play one of my characters. Vivek Ramaswamy. Well. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> it's it's not as hard to write sure. the direct that they write as it, it is to like because like I tend to like a higher form of art. I guess I'm a bit snobbish myself, and like what they write is dumb. 
if I go back and watch, this is why I'm such a fucking snob about like new media is because when I go back and watch a film from the fifties and sixties, it's written like I'm an adult and they're an adult. Right. And that's yeah. not how anything is written anymore. It's written for children. I read books, you know, I play video games. You know what? Most video games are written for adults. They have a higher reading at level because you know what? There's a lot of reading in a lot of video games. Yeah. No, so the, no. The average game player is a bit more used to that. Same, same is true for comic books too. Like a lot of yeah. the, a lot of the big vocabulary words I learned as a kid, I yeah. learned. Dude, comic read. books, and that's the sad thing: the state that the comic book industry is in. Because I grew up on Marvel specifically. Like I was yeah. a Marvel fanboy. I had, I had the whole run of the original Ghost Rider. I had like. And that was like a obsession. So that movie, God, that movie. Oh yeah, should have never happened. That's my favorite dude. Because look, he's a, he's a guy that rides a motorcycle with a flaming fucking skull and beats people with a chain. What is more? And he's because he's made a deal with the devil and he's cursed. That is so badass. That is so nineties. That is so quintessentially like metal. But he can't help but like even above Spider-Man, I, I loved Ghost Rider. And then they butchered. They look what you did to my boy. Yeah, no, they. Uh, I mean, listen, I was I was in that same camp with Daredevil for a long ass time. Now, granted, Netflix did. They've do done my... right by Daredevil. They never done right by Ghost Rider. Yeah. Net. Well, Netflix did right by uh, Ghost. Netflix did right by Daredevil, but then Disney fucked it up by buying the rights to to those. So, but yeah, I had that's you know I was big into reading always, but comic books jumped out at me. Uh, you know, I'd get them for like seventy cents at the store when they'd come out, and it would be mostly yeah. Marvel. You know, and that's what we had, and then we collected the comic book trading cards that came out in the early nineties. And I had a whole set. I, I had all of them. Yeah, I have. I have a few of those around here too. In in the bo- in the boxes behind me. So yeah, that shit. Those shits were dope. Especially they, they had like the special series that was like Wolverine versus, and it was all his greatest battles. Yeah, and obviously Wolverine was the hot shit at the time because the X Men series was on, which was also well done. And if you go back and watch X-Men, the animated series or Spider-Man, the animated series from the 90s, another thing you'll find is they may not talk to you like you're an adult, but they talk to you like you're a preteen. You know, nowadays, yeah. everything, even the adult movies talk to you like you're a child. Yeah, no, the yeah, no, the, the I've actually been rewatching the 90s Spider-Man cartoon because that's what I grew up with. And it's like, wow. Even though this was written for seven, it, it assumes year you're old. a kid, but not a stupid kid, right? And that's because it, Stan Lee had a hand in it, and that's how he was. He used those big words on purpose to get kids to talk. Like the whole Spider-Man thing was like every every little thing about Spider-Man. If you look into Stan Lee about it, was intentional, right? Yeah, to be no, a good I, example I, for children. I read his. I read his autobiography, uh, Excelsior, back yeah. when I was back when I was in high school. Great read. I mean, it's 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 probably like ten or twelve years old now, but still, 
you know, very well. But look at, but look at children's content today. Do the, do, is the thoughtfulness put in? I don't think it is. I've watched no. some of it. I screen that shit for my son. He asks for some shit. Some shit. Uh, the funny one is he was asking for there's a Goosebumps video game on Xbox and it was popping up in his feed as an ad. And he, I have a thing. It's all family setting. He can't just buy anything, right? You have to ask. And it comes up. And I was like, buddy, we have that on disc. So I put it in for him. He played for like five minutes and he was like, dad, it's too scary. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And you want to be to waste 40 bucks on a thing we already had that you don't even want to play. Come on now. Yeah. But that's, you know, I don't know. New, new media for children is just there. Most of it is just shit out with the first keywords that can hit the algorithm and get their metrics up. That's what the, even the movies they're looking for yeah. meme moments. They're making these movies uh, just a complete meme. They've literally made like the emoji movie and shit. It's just there's nothing left. There's nothing that yeah, hasn't th been done. And all they do is remakes and remasters. And so it's not so weird for me to say I only watch older content and like I keep up with wrestling in, in that. And when I say that, it means I watch the occasional clip from AEW. And I watch the pay-per-views of WWE because they're free. Yeah. Which yeah, SummerSlam's what? coming up. That's going to be fun. And, it, oh, yeah. did you see... Speaking of which, you're, you you kind of follow AEW. Did you see Kenny Omega get dropped on his fucking head? Oh, yeah. That that Forbidden was... Forbidden door. That popped up in my feed a, a bunch of times. Ooh, yeah. I, I I don't like watching spots like that in wrestling. Like I I watched a lot of hardcore when I was young because I was a teenager. You know, ECW was hot, all that kind of shit. But I look back now, man, I ain't got the stomach for it. And yeah. I the, the reason I choose WWE is I can watch it with my kid most of the time. Because even if there's something really bad, like Brock Lesnar bloodies somebody up or whatever, it all makes sense. It's not uh kind of hokey. And yeah. like AEW is just not for kids. The audience swears on AEW. Right. Um. How are we do, how are we doing on time? Well, you. I for, was worried you. you guys were gonna be off the air before I got back. I'm good. Oh no! I oh, mean, no, we got to no. talk about the Barbie movie, man. What did? Uh, it just genuinely filled me with energy. I I yeah. had a a feminist that was triggered about me reclaiming the film in her words, which was just hilarious. I mean, it's just funny. A grown person legitimately upset that I'm reclaiming. Oh, uh, literally, legitimately upset film. what somebody who liked the film thinks of it. Yes. Yeah. That, this is what I don't get. It's the Barbie movie, bro. I'm not the target demographic. I might, I might give it a watch one day eventually just because of your thing because it'll be a funny meme. But, like, I wasn't upset about it. And and the, it's like the Disney stuff. They're remaking their old classics. It's like, yeah, they're they're kicking their big... They're kicking Disney adults in the nuts with these films. And Disney, yeah. and Disney adults hold up their operation if they didn't realize it. Yeah, no. It's, Snow it's White true. and the Seven Diverse Magical People is not going over the way that they wanted it to. And and the funny thing is they 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 based the not having dwarfs thing almost entirely on Peter Dinklage's comments about it and he's like the woke guy. But every other major 
uh, little person actor, whether they like to be called midgets or dwarves or, or little people. I, I, you know, I want to include all of them, but everyone I've seen, including fucking uh, Hornswoggle was the first one. He spoke out about it really early on is saying like, you're cutting us off. You're closing the door behind you, motherfucker. Yeah. And, and let, and let's be real. These clear, are dude. some of the few jobs that we can get with our particular yeah. set of disabilities where, and, and it's tough, man. Hey, I'm tall. So when I go out in public, instantly people will look at me. You can talk about the hair and the beard, but like before that, I was a clean shaven baby face at one point in my life. And uh, I still got it because you're just tall. Right. And it's the same thing yeah. for them when they go out in public. It's hard and they have certain disabilities, things they can't do. They can't lift stuff, whatever. Each person's individual. But uh, one thing they've always been able to do is work in entertainment. Back in the days, yes, it was called the freak show. But you know what? A lot of them will say that they'd rather have a job at the freak show than no job at all. Yeah. The um I mean, but especially acting, you know, good gigs like who all of them are like I'd love to play a dwarf in Snow White. That would be an honor. I saw Wee Man came out the other day and said that that he was like what the fuck? You know, these yeah. are, he, they're well, thinking about because there's only so many little people actors, right? And so well, they probably talk on occasion. Well, yeah, I mean they they do and what what I was going to say in regards Except to that maybe to is, Peter Dinkley, maybe he's not in the club, right? Well, oh, well, so I could, I the, could understand that with how much of an yeah. asshole he comes off. Well, a lot of them are mad at Peter Dinklage because let's face it, P Peter Dinklage is famous for one thing and one thing only, and that is Game of, Game Thrones. of Thrones. Exactly. And he was picked. He was picked because of that. Yeah. He wasn't picked because of his acting. I know people will say he's a good actor. I only know him through Destiny. And I know that they removed his voice acting because he phoned it in so badly. Yeah. No, he... I mean... Look, he is... They I'm literally replaced all of his voice acting with somebody else because it was so bad. So that's all I know about Peter. And, and then he said this. Yeah. And all these guys are saying, I know Hornswoggle was the first one to come out and say it. And I like, I was talking to him about it on Twitter. This was like uh, almost a year ago now. And he was like, look, you're cutting off a whole community of people who are like you, who are just trying to get work from six to seven figure jobs that will have them immortalized on film in one of the most classic stories in like American media ever, forever, right? As in a yeah. children's movie. You're cutting them off from something. That's like the ultimate role if you're a dwarf. Yeah. To be in Snow White and play Doc. Imagine playing like Sleepy. Imagine being Dopey. That's your career. That could make you forever. Yeah, and and with it being in and, and with it being Disney, you you know that they're not going to do it like offensively or anything like that either. You well, know? apparently they are because there's the seven. There's this. There's one dwarf, and then there's the six diverse enchanted people. To see to me to me that seems more offensive than. That's what um, a lot of people are saying, even leftists. Yep. But it's so shoehorned that you're kind of fucking so you. If dwarf was to denote them as this is what's different about them, this is what makes them other, you're just replacing that with diversity. Aren't you supposed to be normalizing diversity instead of saying they're the other? Well, wow. so so lefties always do this thing with me, Max, where 
where they say, oh, Sam, you're differently abled. And I'm like, what the fuck does... Why do you get a pussyfoot around it? Because, you know? Well, it well, it's like, okay, differently abled, that could mean a bunch of shit, right? Well, it's like, like, it's like okay, but compared to a person who can't do, or who doesn't have any disability at all, right? What can they not do that you can? Because that would be differently abled, right? You have a different ability that they don't have. That's why it's a they, stupid thing to say. Yeah, they. well, that's what no, I'm saying, though. You're, like, you know, you're disabled. You're lacking an ability that other people have. That's yeah. what it means. That's why it's not an offensive term. It's technical. It goes yeah. back to Latin, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah, no. The Root word, dis. You know, add abled. Yeah, it, it does. And is, I, I mean... And I mean, I've I've heard it so much that it doesn't uh, it doesn't offend me because it just it is what, what it is. What does it say right. in the Bible, Sam? Cripple. The, yeah, the Bible said that's why I never had a problem with you joking about that or you guys saying that because that, that, that would make sense. It says it in the fucking Bible. Well, and that, leprosy that, is on the rise in our state. So for fuck's sake, Florida man got leprosy now. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. why Sam's in a wheelchair. Hey, hey! If you got leprosy, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's that's fake if, news. If you got if you got leprosy, at least gators don't want to eat you. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's a trade off. Oh yeah, that that's they're oh, just wow. They're just leveling up, gaining that gator immunity, right? You know it's that like Fallout fucking uh, Fallout that video, that video of the hillbilly with the moonshine, and he's got the snake, and he's like, "Bite me! He won't bite me because I got the best moonshine." I would love if I had leprosy. I did the same thing with alligators. Like he's too chicken shit to bite me because I got leprosy. <laughs> Just running out there with like raw chicken, rubbing it on my chest. Bite me, boy. <laughs> Peak. Peak. Florida optics. Just poke him in the eye. <laughs> so, um, so Max, we actually have some fan mail, or I don't, even, I don't know if it's necessarily fan mail, but uh, two weeks ago, you and I went, you and I went pretty hard on uh, Andrew Tate criticizing him. I challenged him to a fight. Yes, I stand and, by that. And so. I guess one of his fucking you up, bro. I guess one of his, talking one of his, to you, Tate. You I fucking lily livered bitch. I guess one of his cobra heads or whatever his fan club is called. Cool. Um, what do they got to say? They're gonna try and sound uh, smart, or they are they really angry, or are they trying to sound smart? Because they usually open up trying to sound smart. Yeah, something something along the lines of, well, you guys completely misunderstand what tate is a tate is about he's actually nah. not he's actually not about being he's actually not like literally trying to make men exceptional which by the way yes he is i literally heard him say that so i don't know yeah. everything i heard he's a fucking shit talking punk yeah, that's, that's my analysis of him. I don't need to go into detail about his intellectualism or what his message is. He's a shit talking punk that's leading men into this toxic bullshit that's going to get them. Yeah, you might get laid, right? It's, it's that same bullshit 
pickup artist shit we've been seeing for years. It might get you laid, but you ain't going to feel fulfilled and you're never going to be him because he's at the top of the pyramid in the scheme that you're in, bro. You're at the bottom. Maybe some pussy runs down the pyramid to you, but you can get it on your own. You didn't. You don't need his masculinity to rub off on you. That's gay. You don't need any man's masculinity rubbing off on you. You need to find it inside yourself, bro. Yeah, you're a king. Yeah. You're, a king. you're a king. Act like it. That you don't need him. You don't need me. You're put on this earth. You're the king of your own fucking domain. Have some dignity. Have some self-respect. That's how you fucking act like a man. I don't see him having any of that shit. He doesn't have dignity. What fucking dignity? Come on. Yeah. He might I mean, respect himself, but it's it's this inflated narcissistic ego bullshit that's premised on you clicking like on his video because if you stopped, he wouldn't like himself so much. He'd probably shoot himself in the head like these faggots usually do. You want to prop him up from the bottom of his pyramid scheme? By all means, bro. But that calm is drizzling down off the top well, of the pyramid. He's coming right in your mouth. Well, and also the... Maybe that'll make you a man, huh? Maybe you'll get well, a little also, tea in there. Well, and also the fact that he, the fact that he uses term, the fact that he uses terms like the Matrix and Red Pill, like, ooh, that's listen, the Matrix and Red Pill, like that's been part of the vernacular for a decade, long now. before he was around. Yeah, long before he was around. Um, he, look, he can he can talk some kids. And it may be into a better lifestyle than they're leading, I guess. But I don't see what he's promoting as a great yeah, lifestyle. I, I'm, I'm not, not promoting that. And I don't think that that's masculine at all. I think it's feminine. I think it's peacocking. I think it's covering up for the insecurity that you fucking feel. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I was going to quote the Ghetto Boys, but it includes a few N-bombs. But a real gangsta-ass motherfucker doesn't, doesn't talk much because a real gangsta ass motherfucker doesn't flex nuts because a real gangsta ass motherfucker knows he got him right right you ain't gotta flex nuts bro any motherfucker flexing nuts or another thing he does is he counts other men's money that's woman shit bro that's woman shit i ain't gotta look at how much money a motherfucker has to know his worth as a man I see yeah. how he comes at me. I see the respect that he has or doesn't have. I see how he carries himself and treats other people. So you want to yeah. flex nuts all day? You think it impresses the fucking broads? Yeah, it impresses gold diggers. And then he catches these gold diggers in a net. And maybe it's human trafficking. Maybe it's not because depending upon the law and the country he's in, and I'm not a legal expert in our country, let alone that one. But what I do know is, is that is I, I will no, that's not the masculinity that I would work for or drop yeah. shipping scams like whatever. Even if it even if it's not illegal, it, just because something is illegal doesn't mean it doesn't mean if, it's not suspect. I, uh, if you re, if you read the Bible, if you're a follower of the fucking Christ, it's not a lifestyle you would lead. He says a lot, of which he's not, I, by the way, the stuff that I agree with him on is usually the most like obvious shit to people who aren't like deeply lost like right. single raised by single mothers in like a blue state in their zoomers and they're just lost soy boys and the I, way and he I does it i understand how he got to him right because joe rogan and shit right he gets on joe yeah. rogan and there's these guys exactly like you just described 
and they hear some of the things he's saying about women, because that's the thing. Some of the things that pickup artists say about women are true. But one, they kind of exclude, they, they make it out to all women, right? And then two, uh, a good woman isn't going to respond to the shit they're teaching you. You're not going to find a good woman that way. You're going to find a whore. You're going to find a gold digger. You're going to find a bitch that's out to get you before you but get he, her. When he does that, Max, it's like he says it in the most provocative way imaginable. And right. this triggers the left. And so because of this, every time Reb he would rebel say, status. Yes. Every time he would say anything, there would be a controversy about it. And this propelled him forward. Right. However, the problem that I see that the left has is that Andrew Tate kind of adopts most of their strategies. Andrew Tate, the thing that he doesn't do is like really try to overturn the system. He's just like, hey, how about you use the system to fuck each other over? How about instead of overturning the sexual revolution and trying to go back to the past or whatever, how about you just treat women who are promiscuous as useless and abuse them basically. And then if you find a good woman, then keep her. Um, why don't you just like seek status and uh, signal to others that you have that status in order to gain things, which right. is fundamentally, fundamentally imminently reasonable to do given all of the um, policies and culture that has but, been, but built. it's all, but it's all built on a fucking hole that you're filling that's yeah. not that's not fulfilling and and it might work we for know him. that and people can live that way that's the thing there's a there's a subset of people that can live this unfulfilling lifestyle and be perfectly happy with it but most of you can't that's why you want a girl, woman most of you don't want a whore because you just go pay for one you want a gf right you want an ideal for 4chan meme style They're fucking triggered they're triggered by Andrew Tate for the same reason that they're triggered that I like the Barbie movie. It's yeah. wait, no, not like that. Yeah, exactly. Which is fine. Look, I'm not saying he should just be silenced. I think he should talk, but I think it's fair to push back against his brand of masculinity with the one that I know and believe in wholeheartedly. Yeah. Mine, mine is based on reading the classics. Mine is based on Western civilization. I had to learn mine because I actually didn't have a proper father. Yeah. Right. But what I push, I, yeah, I feel I'm proud of myself. I might not have as much money as him, but again, he said nobody can criticize them without saying they'll fight him. So I say I'll fight him, right? Because I know as a man, even if I fucking lose, if I fought a professional fucking fighter, right? As a man, I can hold my fucking head up high. And I also know that I'm bigger than him, and I'm actually confident I could win that fight. Well, because I'm bigger I, than most people. He would try to I'm box a fucking you, giant. And you would grab him. Of course he tried to box me. That's the stupidest thing you could do. I got these long fucking arms. But but no, I, I you and I don't disagree. And I wasn't really defending him in any no, sense. No, I know that, you. Like, I know you weren't. I'm just making. That my, I agree my with point. him. I I actually my critique of him. To I'm not going to attack him on the points that like most people would expect me to attack him, being sort of a conservative, just because I don't really see the need to do so. But the fact of the matter is, is that I disagree with him on the same shit that I disagree with the left on. It's a repercussion of the sexual revolution. I kind of view him as like a, a comeuppance for some of these people. It's like, yeah. what did you expect? Yeah, now that 20-year-old guy <laughs> is going to be like, yeah, why don't I just manipulate women to get what I want? Why don't I just try to... And a lot of people see him that way. as like, they don't even yeah. care. 
The only reason I push back is because I look at the long view of imagine a world where all the young men adopt his philosophy. I think it would be a detestable world that I wouldn't want to live in. Oh, I, I agree. Because I think he's a detestable person. So yeah, I, no. I'm going to push back for that reason. And I know a lot of but people on the right funny. don't want to because he does piss the left off and he pushes the right buttons. But I, I just like, yeah. And and I have to. He, I literally have to just because of the way he is throw in that. Yes, right. I'll fight you. Well, well, let me also let me let me let me set also... it up, Tate, you bitch. No, Whoa. look, look, we have to let the Tate revolution happen. Then when it <laughs> fails, inevitably, know. when it fails inevitably and then the men are lost again then we'll pick up the pieces no and no no we're them. gonna we're gonna fight me and him in a cage one on one. <laughs> let me let me also just and i'm gonna say, win i'm gonna win and that's the de- declaration of the end of the tate revolution let me let me also just say this though just like and... i am now i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna train like as a fighter because i've been trained as a fighter my whole life i'm gonna keep running and lose some weight but not too much, right? Because that's my fucking advantage. Because I could pick a guy like him up and throw him. Well, let me. It's let hard me just... to get close to a punch with a guy that's like <laughs> got long arms and knows how to grapple. Let me just say this though, to, to Shmuley's point, I don't think Andrew Tate actually wants the sexual revolution overturned. I don't think he wants then... to fight me either. No, I'm not saying that he wants to. What I'm saying is that he wants because, to well, be, fucking, well, because he wants to do his own thing, but his own thing is a perpetuation of it. But the the, the left doesn't like it. And when these right. young men finally reach the point that they're trying to achieve, they're going to feel unhappy and lost, just like they did before. And yeah. that's when you come in and say, "Actually, see, you didn't rebel against that. You right. didn't yeah, rebel against part of it." The, there's a deeper part of the matrix you're still within to borrow right. you know, their methodology. Right. But what, but what, but what, I, what I'm saying too is if you, is I don't think Andrew Tate actually wants young men to better their own lives because if they he, do, then he he's care. out of the job. Yeah. He's at the, like I say, he's at yeah. the top of the pyramid and you're drinking his manhood. Right. If you're watching yeah. his content, that's what you're Man. fucking doing because that's all he's preaching about. This is how to be like me. Oh yeah. Jacking himself off. I've seen his fucking videos. This is I mean, what it, I this in what modernity, he does. He jacks off how fucking great he is all in your fucking yeah. face hole. And you think you have this parasocial relationship with this homo and you fucking <sighs> you fucking want to be his bitch. Like, fight me, Tate. I you agree. Bitch. With you. I agree with all of that, but like the the sort of like college age potential like frat boy guy who's like, wow, man, I'm being red pilled. I'm getting out of the matrix. Like we can tell them not to go bang the dumb broads around them and not to lift a bunch of weights to get abs or whatever. Like we, we, we can we can say any of the stuff. Don't chase material possessions. Work on yourself or whatever. But like really do we blame them in the current world for doing those things? I think not. No, no I, I don't blame I think anybody. it's eminently reasonable given the incentive structure around them. I think all of the incentives are bad. I think yeah. all the incentives are flawed. And that's why people are doing this stuff. I'm that just, ultimately I'm just holding on. To, you know, I'm just a relic of an older time is what it is. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't blame the kids. But and it's a- funny because I'm a rebel against the culture myself. Right. Like. I wanted to talk about if we could uh, 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 vaping at some point because I had a thing about that. But like, yeah. 
but like i'm a i'm a fucking music guy i'm a rock and roll guy right like i was around that scene that's what i did it was a hobby it was a job it was all of the above and like that's why i got into smoking right which is why that brings in the vaping thing but like i had not the most conservative family friendly values for my time uh that's why i I coined the term like kid rock conservative because there's there's a lot of motherfuckers in my age bracket who fall into this category of we're a bit rough around the edges for what you think of the normal gop and trump hits those fucking people uh he hits them hard because they're like americana as far that's what america white america is now to a large degree right it's this uh, it's this entity that is and um for better or for worse and a lot of them like they really aren't racist because they grew up around other people so they don't feel that strongly about that particular topic they do feel strongly about immigration but they're afraid to get called racist this is the this is the climate trump rode into on because he was the only one to talk about it and it's only gotten worse biden's left up in the border people see that shit people's jobs are getting fucking cut their hours are getting cut their health insurance is more expensive food is more expensive I mean, at some point, how long are you going to keep shooting your, yourself in the foot? Independent voters that vote Democrat. If we're assuming elections aren't stolen, of course. Yeah, good good question. And they shoot themselves in the foot with Andrew Tate because if you just left him alone and didn't feed into the controversy, most people would hear him. The same thing with like Fuentes and other, other of these fucking people. They push him. That's why I've always been saying about the most radical, insane voices that say really radical things or sound like you know not aligned with like a traditional conservative values well they're if even if they're not a fed like i did say earlier like that's a fed maybe they're not like i don't think nick fuentes knows he's a fed or or at least i don't think he didn't up to a point right it's just that they put people in those organizations who encourage it to turn into a clown show so they can attract clowns so they can arrest them and be like, look at these evil right wing boogeymen. Don't be a fucking clown. They're arresting Andrew Tate. Do you like I don't know how associated I would ever want to be with somebody who's under investigation like that. Yeah, especially for human trafficking. Allegedly. Yeah. And that, and that his defense is, well, it shouldn't if it is illegal, it shouldn't be basically. Yeah, that's. uh I- it is what it is, right? You could be who you want to be. You could advocate what you want to advocate. I'm going to say what I think about it. Andrew Tate came up. That's what I think about him. I don't think what he's promoting is what I consider traditional Western masculinity. It's like Shmuley said, it's a counter revolution to the revolution of the sexual revolution. And it's meant to fucking be provocative and edgy. Right. And that's why his whole presentation is edgy. That's why he says you were going to fight me to criticize me. That's why I'm not afraid of anybody because I'm a man and I stand by what I fucking say. And if that's the stupid fucking criteria for it, then I'd gladly do it. And he's not going to do it because I'm a nobody. Right. But since he says that, yeah, a real man would stand up for what you fucking say. Yeah. Say, Ken I, would. I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Ken would stand up for what he fucking believes in. But as a man, no, as a man, if I'm like, oh, well, I can't criticize this guy because he wants a one-on-one fair fight. Okay, if that's your criteria, let's go. I'll put the fucking gloves on. I'll get in the fucking ring. You might kick my ass, but a man doesn't fucking care because a man is a man. 
and he'll stand by his fucking honor. And I don't think that's something this motherfucker actually knows about. Not really. Right. No. Um. I mean, I. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think. And if it, think... and if that upsets his fans, then so be it. You well, know. I mean... Well, I mean, I I think there's also I think there's also more to masculinity, and this is kind of my point. There's more to ma- to masculinity than just being the buff banging hoes, yeah, and you know, and and driving Lamborghinis. Like in a way, Andrew Tate is the most like stereotypical hi- hi- hypergamy stereotype. Is a, of, hypergamy like, what... is a feminine trait. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying. It's a feminine trait. Yeah, no, and and and, and Andrew Tate is that. So, so is pe- so is peacocking, right? That's a fe- that's a feminine trait. That's why peacocks are interesting animals in the scheme of things because the men do something that's traditionally feminine in the animal kingdom. That's why they study them so extensively. That's why you can find peacocks at like the local farm in a lot of places in America because they studied them so extensively. They bred a lot of them. But what they discovered is it's just a weird quirk of nature that peacocks do this feminine dance thing uh, in a way that no, no other species does by having the colorful feathers. And so, yeah, mm. peacocking is a feminine trait. Like all the, I'm just pointing out these things he's doing are feminine traits because he's doing a feminist counter revolution. He's doing like, OK, is this the kind of feminism you mean, bitch? And I get that. And if that makes you feel good, fine. But I'm telling you right now, that's not a that's not a path to like fulfillment in the long term. And the right. problem is, a lot of these guys don't see a long term because things are so bad and they're they're doomer pilled, you know. But there yeah. will be a long term, and it's not going to be this fallout hellscape where you're a superhero, right? That a lot of people think it's yeah. going to be this cleansing fire that's like a video game where everything will go our way and we'll win real quick and then we'll make everything right. Like that's not what any any of the doomsday scenarios actually look like, especially for you personally, unless you're goddamn the most Rambo person who ever Ramboed and you could still get shot twice and die. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. E- even even if we have a fall scenario, you're not going to be the one to survive. In fact, you might be one of the first ones to go. You know, mm-hmm. like I like ironical ironically. But it's hard I- for young men to confront that mortality, right? That's that's what uh, well, that's, yeah. that, that's what shell shock is from war. Actually, they find the older soldiers that are less prone to get it simply because it's the fir- it's the first time a lot of them actually confront their mortality in a stressful situation. Now it's called PTSD, but in World War Two they called it shell uh, World War One. Sorry, they called it shell yeah. shock because they had never seen it before, and it came from like getting shelled. Right, a fucking bomb goes off right next to you, kills three of your friends, and then you're just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You know, uh, that 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 condition now known as post-traumatic stress disorder was known as shell shock. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a thing that happens when you confront your mortality in such a brutal and, and invasive fashion. And so a lot of young guys, they can't. So they don't see the long term and they don't see themselves as anything but invincible. I was one such young man. Ladies and I think I think we all I think we all were. At, uh, you know, I I was. Certainly. Yeah. Um, and what 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 Andrew Tate recommends is quite reckless for a young man. It will ruin your life. If you have a bunch of ex-girlfriends that you don't give a shit about, that will bite you in the ass. 
you'll end up with because you're not him and he's living this per perfect you know autistic existence where he has his condom laid out to just slip it in or whatever like he's a rich guy right and you're not right and so what's going to happen to you is you try to bang all these broads you're going to knock one or two of them up you're going to have child support payments okay that's real life that's what happens when you're a player in real life maybe you got an std right and it's embarrassing so you don't want to tell the doctor about it you know and you, yeah you, i was, was going to say you better get snipped you better you, yeah yeah get snipped but then you still got the std problem yeah yeah no i i agree i i there's but so if you many get, problems. But, but that's that's antithetical to fucking tate's strategy right cuz he said you'll have kids when you get older yeah so he he's encouraging not to get snipped so you might knock up some broads as careful as you want to be bro as careful as you want to be condoms fail yep. yep all the time okay so anytime your dick is in a broad and especially if you come there let's be real about it you could knock a broad up they could tell you oh it won't happen if you do it in this position wrong it won't happen if you do it in water wrong it won't happen if you bend her over 360 degrees into a flip wrong but you know when it when yeah it, it won't happen if I pull out wrong. So you're telling me that if I put a wig on Sam, <laughs> oh, let's yes. not go into that. Hey, with artificial wombs, Sam's gonna be a mother in no time. <laughs> well, listen, you know, in re in regards in regards to that whole thing, yeah, that'll never. That'll never happen. Trans will never be real women. Sorry, folks. Uh... If, if you want to be fulfilled, just better yourself and like stand for something, bro. That's as simple as it is. Yeah, although, you know, that's a bit you hard like for him. me since I can't actually stand, but metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Crawl for something, god damn it. I know it's more I... epic, right? To yeah. Yeah. No, because we're gonna have his um what what what's that fucking weird guy in the wheelchair that got elected and stood up at the fucking GOP there? <laughs> oh uh Madison Cawthorn. We're gonna have our moment when Sam gets elected to office and he's gonna do that bit where he's gonna stand up out the wheelchair and he's gonna that's that's your bump, right? Your lifetime bump. You get one big bump on your bump card, and that's the one where you purposely just fall forward out of the wheelchair and off the stage all dramatically WWE style and then get back up and crawl back up to the podium and just start giving your speech without saying a word. Yeah. 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 Totally. God, that would be so fucking epic. That would be the greatest, most comedic moment. You got to do it safe. So you don't actually get hurt. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Might need totally. some practice for this, but it'd be the greatest uh, wrestling style bump in the history of like television. Right. So, yeah. So also uh, another person who who wrote into the show. These are these are comments. From, these thank are you. Comment, these are comments from Spotify, actually. So thank you. Uh, they so this these were both anonymous. So I don't actually know who sent these, but cool. Uh, I respect that. What people want to know, uh, you know, with with Jordan Peterson's kind of re-emergence uh lately what do we uh as a group think of 
Pete of Jordan Peterson. I, um, I mean, I've kind of covered Pete Peterson before. I, I think he's kind of a grifter, but I don't think I think he's harmless. Kind. Everybody's of a grifter nowadays. There's like levels of it, and he doesn't seem so bad on that tip. Yeah, he. I think Peterson's message is Tim Pool. Tim actually, Pool being a ten, Jordan Peterson's like a like a three or four in my mind. Well, okay, but I but see, like I think my point with beating with bringing up Jordan Peterson after Andrew Tate is I actually think that Jordan Peterson say say what you will about him, but his message about masculinity is a lot more attainable than That's that. Fair. My thing with Jordan Peterson is I don't follow him closely. So I've seen things that he said that are like retarded. And then other things that he said that make a lot of sense, like the clean your room thing for a young guy, especially fatherless guys. Right. I think a lot of them will resonate. Yeah. And and again, I I was a fatherless guy. Right. And I had to learn masculinity. I learned not from this is my only suggestion, though, for those young fatherless guys that may be looking for that kind of masculine guidance or maybe your father's not strong enough. I wouldn't turn to internet e-celebrities and form a parasocial relationship with them. Right. I, I would read classic Western literature. Uh, I would read Plato, Socrates. Uh, I, I, I would be out there reading, um, God, just Marcus Aurelius and um, Shakespeare and uh, everything, the Bible and everything in between that like our ancestors read. Uh, that built this society. And, and I say our ancestors, because no matter what, if you're a part of the American society, it's premised on that line of thinking and how it changed and evolved over the years. So it's important, I think, to look at the history of how we got here. And then when you do, you understand the founders a lot better and you understand what's going on today a lot better. And I just find that maybe an Internet talking head maybe isn't the best uh, basis of education in a lot of this. And a lot of times people replace an actual base of education about Western history and philosophy and economics and war and everything else in art and culture that has changed over these years, language and the the roots of it. You know, Um, we use the average, the average person in America in the 1800s spoke at least partial Latin. Yeah. No, that Matt, Max, you essentially just said what I was going to bring up. Or rather wrote, I should say. Which is that essentially, whether it's Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate or hell, even even us, mm-hmm. forming, forming parasocial relationships with people online and for like life guidance is very weird to me at least. Like, yeah. Go out if you really want a strong male role model. Go out into your community and find a male role model in your local. Well, you know, I looked around at what you know I thought made masculinity up, and uh, I took from a lot of places and uh, people, and uh, I just do my own thing. Like some people, sure. yeah, they they look down on me because I am that rock and roll lifestyle guy. But like, uh, I have my kicks. Maybe I'm more of a like a edgy risk taker than other people of my uh, <laughs> age bracket. But there's been those always, right? And uh, I wasn't too edgy, 
You know what I mean? I just went to a lot of concerts. I, you know, did radio. Yeah. I produced music and I was into the scene. I know a lot of those people. And it, it's interesting. Did you bring it back to the Ice Cube interview? That's the thing Tucker asked him. Why, why is it that rappers tend to be so much more open-minded than other people? Oh, I've yeah. Met? Yeah, that was great. And it's true because I've uh, some of the most open-minded people, for better or worse, the most open-minded people I've ever met are rappers or, you know, and aspiring rappers for that matter. Yeah. No, no. Same, same here. In fact, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, we're working on, you know, between the three of us, we're working on getting a few of, you know, those rappers on here. Yeah. So. Well, it, because like their shit's already rebel. And, and that's the thing. That's the danger in a lot of things. If you, uh, that's why I wanted to bring up vaping, the vaping criminality thing in my state. Yeah. Uh, so a friend of the show who's been on before, Craig, uh, who who is, you know, he knows his shit. He's a chemical engineer or whatever. So I'm not going to say he's wrong. Uh, posted a thing about vaping and it said doctor's warning because of mounting evidence that even for uh, the cessation from smoking, vaping is still bad. And what they're comparing it to is a case zero. So, Vaping is bad compared to not vaping. But vaping is better than smoking in all studies across the board. It's called harm reduction, and it gets a lot of people to quit. Now, in my state, they didn't care. And that same rhetoric that they were using is why they banned it and made it illegal. And that the reason I bring that up right now is when you criminalize otherwise lawful people, they start to maybe think about breaking other laws. They're already an outlaw. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why that's why pot dealers will start selling crack. That's why, you know, it, 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 it's a it's a slippery slope. But. um, Consenting adults who want to use it to quit smoking should be allowed to is pretty much the baseline position that I've always held. Yeah, well, and it well, saved my life. Well, uh, and the studies that they were talking about, one of them was falsified and it used my information to do it. Do you want to know how? Please share. Yeah, so they said that vaping increased the rate of heart attacks significantly. But what they neglected to say was if whether people who vaped had a heart attack before or after they started vaping. I started vaping, like many of the people in the study, started vaping to quit smoking because I had a heart attack. Right? They said that the vaping caused the heart attack that I had before uh, I started vaping. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Of course they did, probably. So I was dishonest. But, now, to say that vaping is good for you, no. If you're not, if you don't smoke, don't ever pick up a vape. It's a stupid idea. Well, yeah. So this is the whole f this is so lawmakers do this stupid thing where, right? This is it's. This is the whole it's for the children type thing. Yeah, yeah. Where they want to they want to ban uh you know vaping for because it's bad for children, right? Which it is, we all agree on that. But then they but then they punish adults who are responsible and who have the authority could, to make decisions for themselves. Okay, because it's a conspiracy. Like, it really is a conspiracy that's, like, really easy to prove. It's not even, like, a theory. Uh, there's a, an agreement with the tobacco companies in every single state in the U.S. 
instead of people suing because tobacco caused cancer and they lied, they came to the master settlement agreement, which means that each state for every pack of cigarettes they sell has to put money into this fund, right? And if they stop selling cigarettes, they lose money from the fund because it's based on how many cigarettes your fucking state sells. Yeah. So, and that's why they have little scan labels on the bottom of them with the fancy, uh, you know, hologram thing on every pack of cigarettes that you're getting is because they have to do this for the master settlement agreement. And so what happened is in all the states that got that banned vaping, Philip Morris, better known now as Altria, but better known as Philip Morris, the Marlboro company, bought Juul, the biggest vape company. And they said, hey, government, we have regulated devices that we can sell on your market. And so they come in and now you can get them at the gas station again, even though they banned them from the gas station because they didn't want kids to get them in the first place. Now they're there because it's Philip Morris is good. You see big tobacco running the vape game because they see that the jig is up with fucking smoking for a lot of people. There's no problem here at all. Nobody ring the alarm bell. The lobbyists didn't come in and make it say, hey, we can sell these ones, right? Because we're the big guys. What was happening, what they did is they they use cartel-like tactics in conjunction with the government to stop a small DIY, small business revolution of vaping because it was primarily run by small businesses american businesses especially the juice which is why they went after flavors because we made the flavors that everybody else in the world considered safe our stand because it came from america there it was held to a standard by the vaping association i forget what they were called so china was buying juice from us and making the mods that's what was happening and all these small companies were outsourcing. They design a mod or a fucking whatever, and they'd sell it through these Chinese companies. That was the uh, operation for years. And why did they shut down just specifically the flavor thing? And then they let them back in stores as long as it's either made by uh, Philip Morris or Winston Salem or one of these tobacco companies. Well, then it's fine. Vaping's fine as long as it's the tobacco companies producing it. And wouldn't mm-hmm. you know it, it gets rolled into the master settlement agreement at the same time they made that decision. There's a lot more at play here than just putting, because Craig's response was, any, putting anything else besides air in your lungs is bad. And it's like, no shit, Sherlock, but harm reduction exists. So we should ban methadone. And he's not, Craig's not calling for a banning. He's like a libertarian kind of guy. Uh, but yeah, like, that yeah, is, no, I, that's uh... the line of logic that they're using. And it's like, we should ban methadone because it's bad, right? Right. We should ban any type of cessation or harm reduction technique because it's bad. It's like, well, if the original thing is worse, isn't shouldn't people have the option? I don't know. Yeah. No, I, 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 get, I get what you mean. I just, for me, my two cents, it comes down to the whole nanny state. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, but there's money at play too to to be the nanny state and pick and oh, choose. Oh yeah, definitely. You get definitely. to pick and choose the market winner. They picked the fucking big tobacco companies, and they shut down all of these these handmade operations. That a lot of them, what it is, is they're not banned in every state. But vaping, the industry is basically dead because what's happened is they fucking shut down uh, their ability to 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 transport between states because. 
uh, they, they get charged these exorbitant taxes, excise taxes. So for me, I can buy vaping equipment now. I have my one set up on my desk. I sometimes use it on a show. I try to go under the camera, though, because vaping on camera is kind of douchey. But um, I, it, it, they, they, they outsourced, you know, all these, these uh, things to China. So the manufacturing was cheap, but now they're getting charged these excise taxes. So they can't even make it up on the back end because to send me the mod that I ordered that cost $20. Well, the excise tax in Massachusetts is something like $700 or se yeah, $70 uh, times three because it's the same excise tax on a pack of cigarettes, which is like 300%. So mm -hmm. that $20 mod ends up costing me like $200. So why would I even do that? And I could have it sent to somebody in Rhode Island that I know or somebody in New Hampshire and just go pick it up and not pay that tax. It's, kill it's killing the vape industry. But that's what they want. They wanted to kill the small business part of the vape industry, not the whole thing. They want Philip Morris coming in. Philip Morris has pledged to stop making cigarettes by like 2027 entirely. No more Marlboros. Did you know that? I I actually did read something about that. Uh, like about They have a, a Marlboro branded what they call heat not burn product that they're going to put on shelves instead where you oh, stick yeah. the cigarette in like a little tube that heats it up. But it's not it's not vaping. But it heats the tobacco just enough that it doesn't burn it and it still smokes. And they're saying that this is better. And that's what they're going to replace Marlboro cigarettes with. Or vapes. They want to get people on jewels. Big tobacco took over the market with the help of the government. Nobody cares. Everybody's like, ah, oh, vaping is douchey. Yeah, but vaping can save your life. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, People should be able to make their own health decisions. This is what I said about Ice Cube, and I stand by it like across the board. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. You know? and so. I mean, within reason, unless it's really, really dumb, and it's like, hey, could you cut my sternum open with a chainsaw? I'm like, no, probably not, because you're going to die, you know? But, like, within reason, like, do no harm still applies. Right, yeah. I try to be reasonable, Sam. You notice I've been getting wound up more as the shows go on, though. Now, I'm, I mean, w listen. The Tate thing gets me going because like, to say to say you have to fight me to have an opinion is also a womanly thing to do because he knows nobody will actually take him up on it. Or if they do, he can just ignore them. W listen, Max, we're the three of us are reasonable podcasters in an unreasonable space in a well maybe not but maybe we're not reasonable but we're reasonable compared to the people we're surrounded by one thing i want to bring up while we're talking about cigarettes and cancer and whatnot uh shout out to mr Medicare uh and another fuck you to mersh uh, because I guess Medicare had a heart attack. Um, Did he? Or yeah, th things are things are not looking good for. Well, that's a shame. Uh, to get... Again, again, like I said about the uh, Bronny James or whatever. Like anybody that has a heart attack, that really sucks. And as a fan of Jim's, it really sucks to hear that. If that's true, you never know because Kiwi Farms will make something up. 
Yeah, I mean, who knows? But let me, uh, well, what? let me pull, let me pull up the uh, the tweet from uh, as a as as a fellow heart attack survivor. Then that really really sucks, and I hope that um, I hope that nothing but the best for him. Let me, well, let me see because Maya uh, tweeted this uh, earlier. Um, so. Let me let me screen share this uh, real quick. Shout out to Maya, by the way. Yeah, Maya Maya got out of the internet sec got out of out of the sector. A lot, actually, a lot of people are, and some of them I don't even want to name. Right, are just like we're done with this cancerous bullshit. Good for them, right? It is cancerous bullshit. Yeah. The people that stay I, bogged down in it, I just kind of feel bad for. And some of them can't get out like the Vickers. Right. Unfortunately. But they handle themselves. I don't need to defend any of those people. They defend themselves. Right. And, well, and those people are pretty normal, too. At least yeah. the Vickers are. So. Yeah, if you get off the internet, things are pretty normal for the most part. So, uh, this I guess this is from Jim's post account um right but uh this post reads fake i i see uh, that faking cancer was fun so i decided to fake a heart attack too yeah no big big uh much much uh heartfelt heart attack survivor to heart attack survivor empathy for jim here like that really sucks (laughs) i i I hate to even tell my wife that she's gonna be heartbroken jim was like the one person even associated with any of this shit that my wife ever liked I, 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 yeah, but I also, I do love the fact though, that like, even after Jim, even after Jim had a heart attack, he still in Mr. Medicare fashion is taking the piss out, out, out of people, uh, especially, especially Mersh, because you, you know, you know that Mersh fucking saw this and you know that like, you know that. Even even if Mersh doesn't comment on it publicly, you know he's going to see. Hell, I get I get reports that he still sees about me, right? And I don't I don't watch Nightwave officially. All I watch are the uh, Angie's random edits uh, clips. If Jim ever watches this, my advice is go to Budget Vapor, and because I know what he smokes, right? Go to Budget Vapor and get tobacco number five. You, you'll thank me later. Get get a vape and try that. Because a lot of people yeah. will say, I can't get one that tastes kind of like my cigarettes. Tobacco number five tastes a lot like his brand of cigarettes. I should know. So there's there's a pro tip, Jim, because heart attacks fucking suck. Well, well yeah. It's, they it's, fucking suck, bro. They... <laughs> Well, they well they absolutely they absolutely do suck. But then you know to have a heart attack and cancer. I mean, that's good. what I'm saying. They suck on their own. Yeah, they suck on their why, own. Why you think I'm out here running fucking miles in the middle of a fucking broadcast? I could have fucking just driven over there, but I'm a lunatic. I'm so I apologize for that again. No, no, man. I mean, I'm. Listen, I'd rather you be alive to host the show and more importantly to be a father. Uh well yeah, my boy he was like then, drink. 
That yeah. is more important. But yeah, I'm out there. I'm out there busting my ass, breaking myself in half, and I feel good about myself. That's that's where the self confidence comes from, ladies and gentlemen. And it doesn't have to be physically breaking yourself, like I'm talking, because like Sam just wrote a book. Are you proud of yourself, Sam? I'm I'm fuck I'm fucking proud of myself. By the way, 22, 22 copies uh, were sold Jeez. in July. Thank thank you all for those who bought it. And for all the uh, for all the naysayers who were like, "Oh, you only so sold twenty two uh, copies." I guess it wasn't a best. First off, it's not the end of the year yet, and B, it wasn't my goal to make a, a best seller. I never said it was going to be a best seller. I I simply said, "Hey, I put this book out. I bet on the." I bet it will sell more copies. I, than I want to. I want to know how many published books the naysayers have, and then we can yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to know. Um, I, as a guy that published books back in the day, it's a big deal when you publish a book. You feel proud of yourself. That's what I'm saying. And and you you can feel like that instead of just hating on him for doing something like that. Do something. You think yeah, I can write a better book? Do it, bro. Yeah. You're you're a king, like I say. You're a fucking king if you make yourself one. Yeah. the The other thing too is you don't. In order to be successful, this is another thing about the sector that just as kind of an outsider that got really tiresome after a while was like all these shows. Even Ralph, to a certain extent, like had potential for for to be successful. But the problem is is when you're tearing and i'm not a kumbaya guy by any stretch of the imagination but, but rather than constantly tearing each other down right you could you know cross promote and actually do something productive yeah but the nature it's shock jock bullshit and the nature yeah. of it is to just get more extreme and it was all founded on yelling you know the worst things they could say at each other so of course it was going to devolve into that well, and yeah, I, it's fine, but that wasn't ever really like we were doing that, you know, years before any of that started, and that wasn't fulfilling for us. That's why we changed course, right? No, and I and I and I get that, but that but that's what I'm saying too. It's like all this, like Gamergate could have been a thing for good, and yet it, they and yet these people just let it turn to shit, basically. Yeah, I that, guess. I, I'm not like that's the thing is I wasn't a Gamergate guy. Uh, ironically though, Max Sand was a Gamergate guy because my brother was and he stole my name. But um, yeah, I, I saw it happening and I was like, "Ha, huh, they're finally on it." Because I've been woke to the communist problem since I was. Oh a kid. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> me, 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 t me too. Well, that I that's was like, a... "Oh, baby, first commies! They well, spotted them for the first time. How cute!" Well. Well, that was like when that was like when all my friends were like were freaking out about, about Gamergate. I, the thing that was, the thing that was like a the, the thing that was like weird to me was like how much of a red pill it was for other people because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, where have you guys, where have you guys been for the past ten years? Yeah, um, well, it's good though. I was no, thinking I mean, uh, uh, Spotify today. Speaking of shit like that, Spotify today recommended me Tom McDonald's new track, American Flags. Big recommend because that's like the anthem for our show, man. Yeah. <laughs> that shit. Tom McDonald, Adam Calhoun. 
two of uh two of the guys putting it down lately and it becomes fire because everywhere yeah. we go we drenched in american flags bitch Tro- that's the aesthetic all these idiots with these other stupid flags that they're representing autistically like the aesthetic that's gonna win is the one that's red white and blue with a little yeah. bit of a little bit of yellow here and there Props to uh, props to uh, Spotify for promoting that as well. Instead of it, it also said we're gonna take a look at the uh, the hottest tracks of the week, and the first thing it played was "Try This in a Small Town." And so I let it play. I'm not a country guy, but I thought that was cool. Oh, nice! Yeah, very, very nice. So we're winning, gentlemen. We it are. takes time. It takes time, and there's hurdles. And these indictments, we didn't talk about them nearly as much. We didn't talk about the topic either. X is going to give you, yeah, Twitter turned to X, and nobody cares. It's still Twitter.com, so I'm going to call yeah. it Twitter. Yeah. I'm still say Twitter. I, I've been on Twitter since 2009, so. Yeah. No, ain't I, not, I just... Ain't nothing really changed except the logo on my phone. It took a second to find it. Yeah, I just... I titled it that because I figured we might bring up like X, you know, mo- also I like light mode. I can see it better. Maybe your eyes, maybe most people's eyes are different zoomers, but I like light mode. No, I, I actually, I actually like light mode, uh, too. Uh, like I like, I like, I like dark mode shocker at night when it's kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like that for a lot of people. That's why they invented that. But, and then the Zoomers come in and they're like, I don't really like dark mode ever. You don't use dark mode. How dare you? It's like, but no, you ain't going to see my, you ain't seeing my screen, motherfucker. I took no. a screenshot. You can read it. Well, no, but like, but like during the day when I'm writing stuff or even doing like video yeah. editing or something like that, because I'm, I'm doing a lot of that now. Switching um, between switching between the two is the Chad move because that's how you reduce eye strain. Yes. No, tr- no, trying to use trying to use dark mode during the day is actually painful to try, at least yep. for me. I don't I don't know how how and then, these... and then we gotta cover real quick. What do you think of the X logo? Uh I don't think it, I don't think it's bad. I don't see any Illuminati ties like some people are trying to claim. Whatever. Um, it's it's a it's a very basic X, and he put up a big sign, and they made him yeah. take it down. And it really doesn't matter because on the web, where I mostly use Twitter, because I'm a boomer like that. Nah, I scroll and like right before I go to bed or something. But like, yeah, I mostly use on the web because I'm at a computer a lot of the day. Right, it, it's still Twitter.com. Yeah, and people people still call people still call them tweets. You know, it's like, gonna be tweets forever. Like he can't, he can try, but it's he's not gonna get anything with it being a Z or as X or whatever to take off. Well, it's gonna be a tweet. The thing is that X as a as a platform that's bigger than Twitter, I think it's it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like meta. It's like Facebook still exists, right? Within and, it, and so does like the Oculus and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so if it's going to be something like that, where oh, there's a payment process, there's 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 an ecosystem, um, in which everything works together seamlessly, 
and it's called X. I yeah. get it. That's well, good because X being a stand-in for everything, you know. Well, well, that well, that's just like uh, that's just like what Google did with Alphabet, right? Um, mm -hmm. Google technically became Alphabet, but they but they didn't necessarily get rid of the the Google branding either or the YouTube branding. Um, right, because why would you? The Twitter and, thing is, I, I don't know. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll it'll be fine. I, I I do think it was a mistake to kind of just get rid of the Twitter branding. Like maybe say that Twitter is now under the umbrella of X, but don't get rid of the tweet branding. So, I mean, even 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 on my like even on my app, it still says tweet. So yeah. Well, you know. As a wise man once said, X gonna give it to you. Fuck waiting for you to get it on your own. X gonna deliver it to you. Indeed. <laughs> so knock knock open up the door, it's real. He, he, <laughs> and, and this is and this is this is where I do the once upon a, a time in Hollywood meme of he said the title of the show. Damn and right. And pointing. So um Anyway, though, uh, I'm preaching it, about not smoking. I gotta, I gotta get off and um, smoke this blunt with my wife. Yep. Later. Later. No, no. Uh, I was, I was waiting for the end of the show. I was just saying, you know, we are running long now. Yeah, no, we are. I, I all I was gonna say is I don't have anything, uh, you know, really left to uh, talk about. Right, right. I love I love closing yeah. statements. That's part of the fun. If the audience who stays through, yeah. they're the real heroes. Yep. Uh, do we shout have out, any... Shout out to my two-hour, 52-minute motherfuckers. You're the real motherfucker. Comment that you are the two-hour-minute motherfucker. You know who you are. Do we uh I'll give I'll give you a game code. The, the person that comments the exact timestamp properly, because they're the only people that are gonna see this, I will message you personally a free game on Steam. Yes. Because you're the um, real hero. Yeah, that's maybe, my maybe. that's my giveaway this week. And it's a good game too. I won't spoil it. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, and ditto. If if you can if you can message if you can message either one of us the time code, uh, to the end, I'll throw in the audiobook version of Shadows of Deception. No, the time code uh, who, who I shouted out, which is my two hour and fifty two minute motherfuckers. If you can put there in the two hour fifty two minute motherfucker club, you get a free game. Cause that's sound, real. It sounds good. So. What else? And bye bye, Sam's book. It's it's uh it's really important. It's and, and uh, it, it's life changing, and it and it's good too. So. Oh no, I wasn't saying that. It's it's all right. No, no, it's good. It's good, but you know, uh, it will change your life. You'll become uh the man that you once thought you could be. Mm hmm. Yes, indeed. By reading you it, put put that on the back of the fucking reprint. <laughs> That's your review. It, uh, it it's 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 a, the political thriller that will change your life forever. So it'll make you uh, contemplate whether you're gay or not, but realize that you're not. 
You know, it it actually will make you contemplate whether or not the deep state exists. Spoiler alert, it fucking does. Oh shit. So we getting deep alrighty. in that state. Alrighty, folks. We'll be back uh next week. Oh, I did have one thing to point out. Me and my buddy Core, and he's bringing in some Twitch broad that's got quite a few viewers, are going to be doing our MMO project I had been talking about. It's been in the works for a while. You get a, It takes a bit to get people coordinated to where you can sink significant hours into a game. Uh, but I think we're going to be starting with uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons Online. So it's going to be me and him, who are two old school players with very different philosophies, because he'll grind for everything. He's the hardcore and I quit at the first sign of resistance. I'm the casual. I'm very picky about MMOs. And then we figured we'd bring along a noob. And she's never played any of them. She had never really played multiplayer games at all. And so that's going to be the thing. It's a, quite an undertaking. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be streaming it over with Twitch. As well as I'll be cutting up a final cut to make a video for my main gaming channel. Right here on Rumble, uh, they're, they're, ladies and gentlemen. As well as other Very places. nice. Yeah, and if if uh, if you want to promote, maybe we can have them uh, come on the show. I'd be happy if they'd be willing. So, uh. oh, maybe, maybe, probably not though. Core's a kind of a he doesn't like the politics stuff. He's he's kind of I'm not gonna say what his politics are, but I've been friends with him for a long time. If that helps, and uh, I just don't think he would want to go on a political show. But he loves games. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that and do some old games. Lord of the Rings Online, maybe. Some of these old mm -hmm. games. Lord of the Rings Online is great. And I would, if you haven't ever played it and you're into like the idea of an MMO, highly recommend it because it's, uh, it's probably not going to be around forever. And you can just play through with the story of the Lord of the Rings. Like you go alongside the Fellowship. Yep. You even have like the Battle of Helm's Deep and all that shit. It's pretty dope. But. I'm rambling on. We were wrapping it up. Two hour, Alrighty. 52 minute motherfucker in the comments gets a code. Doesn't matter where. If you reach us with that comment code, I'll know you saw it. Yep. Two hours and 52 minutes. And if you got to two hours and 57 minutes, I'll throw in uh, a Shadows of Deception audiobook for you folks. So. Based. Alrighty, folks, uh, take care, and we'll see you next week. God bless, God save this great nation, and God freedom legacy in that order. Thanks for listening to The Whitfield Report on the NGC Network. Please visit Sam's website at www.thesamwhitfield.com and support Sam on Patreon at patreon.com slash Whitfield Report. Until next time, God bless, God save this great nation, and God, freedom, legacy, in that order. <laughs>